With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Hunter. He's a junkyard dog. <laughs> Kenny Bell ran up to me and he's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad! GBR. Welcome to the Gold Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast and No Block No Rock Crossover Extravaganza. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Connor. That's me. That's me. I'm <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah, that, that was it, man. That I'm was excited. it. Your hot take, Connor. Oh, you want my hot take it's already? Hot wow, we're, we're getting right in. Right right out, All right. So we go right have you in. even watched our podcast before? I'm, I'm, you're sus, but as my kid would say, you're sus. No, you I do. But I, I, didn't, I thought we were going to the table. <laughs> All right. So I got a hot take for you. We, we were talking about this just before we came on. I am going totally unhusker related. Uh, I'm telling you right now that the best rookie quarterback in the NFL this season will be Anthony Richardson. <laughs> That oh boy! I, Very listen, hot take. They you asked for it. hot takes, you and I gave it. it to them. The people wanted it. I supplied it. Ooh, okay. Ooh. I'm sure he would. He can talk to Anthony Richardson about that. Actually, want to listen to Kyle? Hot take. <laughs> okay, I've got you. Okay, Heinrich Harburg will be in the transfer portal by the end of this season, based off okay. of. Based off of him taking wide receiver reps. That's my hot take. Okay. Okay. All right. That's a hot take. It's a downer, but sure, man. All right, right, Mike, get something more positive for us. Yeah. uh, Here's a hot take. Syrup tastes really good on ham. Oh, Oh, 100% agree. Like if you got, if you're getting like pancakes, eggs, and and bacon or so ham, like steak. a Canadian you bacon, that, like the yeah, slab. you throw that, you throw that syrup on there, it gets on everything, like eggs, pancakes, ham, everything, absolutely. And this is coming from like the Jewish member of the podcast who <laughs> only started eating ham when he was like 18 years old and finally left his parents' house. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Rubble. I'll get to you here in a second. How about oh, Jared? My hot take is Tommy Frazier should have won the Heisman in '95. <laughs> That's not my serious one. Yeah. I was, I was about to say, say, is that yeah. a hot take? Come on, guys. Okay, here uh, my real one. Teddy Prohaska will start and finish one game this year. Oh. He will do it. I believe in him. That's a positive, by the way, not a negative. That is a positive. He has done it before, so he can do it again. He can do it again. That's right. 
All right, let's get back to the guys who actually know how to do hot takes. Uh, Rob, <laughs> oh, wait a second. No, no, Rob's horrible at hot takes. But go ahead, Rob. Try it anyway. Well, that's just because, Dave, you usually don't understand it. But this time, I, my hot take is this. is that Nor does anyone else, Rob. Nebraska, Nebraska is going to beat Minnesota uh, on a um, last drive of the game with almost no time left on the clock, um, whether it be by field goal or touchdown. And we will walk away and start our season 4-0 this year. All right, Rob. I like it. I like it. I mean, but by the last drive of the game and no time on the clock, that kind of goes hand in hand and a field goal <laughs> or a touchdown, two most likely ways to score. But um, thank you. I like I like I mean, the specifics. For all you know, it could be a safety like with no time. Well, that wouldn't be a drive, though, Rob. Well, <laughs> up, Dave. Wow. Thanks. Please save us. Well, I'm just excited to see the, the red cast following the Big Ten's footsteps and just continually expanding like this. I mean, look at the membership here. This is pretty darn impressive. But, yeah. Although I, I do kind of fear for the future of, uh, you know, consolidation when it's just the powers that be remain. So, Rob, you might want to be careful, you know, going forward. Hey, like no, well, says, look, so. we added Talon this week. We've got uh, Redcast, sure. Redcast Strong, at Redcast Strong on Twitter. We've got Talon. He'll be doing all of our social media on TikTok and all of those other fun things, like when we when we do reels. Again, it's Talon Strong is his name, but you can follow him on uh, Twitter at, at Redcast Strong. And then all we the still the kids are into nowadays. We'll have yeah. Mac too, so that's like what five, six. That's a ten-team conference right there. So you're not kidding yeah, me. Pack four is envious because yeah, Dan and Skip don't count anymore. We as never see. As far them. as I can tell, No Black No Rock is only going to get partial shares, though. Yeah, that's fine. We'll okay, they got to go through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And we will be All Florida right. State complaining the whole time. <laughs> Anki, it usually doesn't take us to get this long, seven minutes into the show. Um, but uh, what's your hot take? Uh, well, while Colorado is infighting, uh, look at the look at us spreading the love here. All right? yeah, so, yeah, I, I know. I, now that seems a little <laughs> weird after five minutes of hot takes where we weren't spreading love, but we are spreading the love, Husker Nation, and this weekend uh, where we'll be uh, right back here at Nebraska Brewing Company doing the the Nebraska Podcast Awards, which is outstanding. No block, no rock. You guys played such a huge role. I, well, you played the role to get it going, so that is outstanding. It's it's an honor to be here tonight doing this, and it's fun to be doing this crossover. We're going to talk some Husker football. And the season's two weeks away. Are you guys in the barrel room tonight? Because that's not where you usually are. Yeah, we, yes, are, we are in the barrel room. It's nice. air conditioned. Oh, okay. Rob, that what gave sense. that away? Yeah. Well, yeah. was it the <laughs> barrels? <laughs> well, they're not Poor usually Rob. in the barrel room. Dave, if you Aww. listen to their podcast, you would know. Or yes, you I them, know. It just the barrels are right in the, in the back, barrel room. And so, like, I was just double checking because maybe they move stuff around the brewery after the last time that I got a tour there. So The folks I that are actually listening to this on audio only, I'm sure Rob could have tell from the acoustic quality of the barrel room. Um, that that's where they were at, but um, that's actually not. It. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I believe we've now done how we start our shows with hot takes, but no block, no rock usually likes to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what everyone is drinking, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, first off, we got to say, go big red, indeed. No block, no rock. Season three, episode fifty-five. Go on with who? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we know that. I, I, well, yeah, <laughs> they've been arguing for the yeah. past. Five years. <laughs> at least no. put it in there, Jesus. We're we're doing a Allen Iverson esque crossover. Yeah, with the Go Big Red cast. We appreciate having Honky in studio, in Barrel Room with us, and the other fellas via is that Zoom or what is it? Streamyard, Streamyard, Streamyard. Yeah. Streamyard. Boomer and Lincoln, Dave in Denver, oh, yeah. and 
Yeah, Rob in, in Greeley, Colorado. Love it. Okay, fellas, we are at the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska, 68128. I am drinking a pickle fight. It's back as of today. We made that today. I like pickles. That literally got made today. It tastes like it's very fresh. Oh, yeah, it should. It's tangy. Some real pickle. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> thank you for. You're welcome. Thank you for supplying me. Self explanatory. Thank it, you. I and, appreciate you. And Connor's drinking the pills. Yeah, okay. Let's get that over with. You got me there. Yep. I'm not happy about it. I did drink good game last. Uh, no, not last episode. Last episode. We were drinking not NBC beers, but the one prior, I was drinking good game. Yeah. And we uh, were on a boat in our last episode. That was pretty We were sweet. on a that boat. Tight. Yes. Um, Badass. Good game. Still the premier tailgate beer. 100% believe in that. Um, Mike, what do you got? I was drinking my one of my favorite seasonal beers on tap, which is Wick for Brains. If you are a basic bitch like me, uh, you will definitely like Wick for Brains. It's that pumpkin the pumpkin ale. It's and, a pumpkin spice beer. Yeah, pumpkin yeah. spice beer. Mike is wearing his leggings and his Uggs. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And his scarf. <laughs> I got my Starbucks. I put the cup out of the air because there's no free plugs. That's what we call it here in, in Colorado. Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I did pick up a Florida man for uh, for my second beer, which is a key lime pie in a glass, which is fantastic. KB, what you got? I've got the good game. We talked about it. It's the premier tailgating drink. Yes, sir. And the premier, I would say, mm. NBNR beer. I'm just going to say that. I mean, we do have our own beer. No Bach, no Rock. We do. I think, that, Honky, that you tried my, it, right? My first drink was no Bach, no Rock tonight. So. Yeah. How yeah. was it? It was outstanding. Yeah. Hey, uh, the first time we made that beer, it won a gold medal at the U.S. Open. First time. Like golf? No, I wish. <laughs> I mean, wait, no, like the U.S. Tennis. Open beer, which like is still kind of no, cool. No, no, pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Honky, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking as well the good game, and uh, I want a – a glass the size that Mike has over there. If I know I, if I can get one, dude. But I also, realized when when he sat down with that, I was like, dude, I work here and I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> what, but, what's going on? But I'll tell you what, Connor, you, you and Dave need to get together sometime because you talk about going out to Denver and, and the the Great America, yeah, G- drink yeah, off yeah, or whatever fest. it is. Sure. I've been up there a couple times. We went to an Oktoberfest one time in there up in Denver, Dave, and that's a great drinking town. Oh yeah, Denver, great drinking town. Rob out there in Greeley too, we, and. Uh, this is awesome. I love coming to Nebraska Brewing Company. Uh, a lot of fun. Dave, yeah. are you are you going to GABF this year? Uh, no, I went last year. Uh, and uh, once every few years is enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I've yeah, been three times. Epic experience, yeah. Is, I was going to say, I'll, yeah, I'll you, be you, you're like, oh, I'm only drinking beer out of this little two-ounce glass. What could go wrong? And like three hours <laughs> later, you realize you've drank about 60 of those two-ounce glasses. And – I mean, you can do the math on that because they're not it serving is, you their crap. As beer. a local, as a local, I think it, it is. It's almost funner to do some of the the um the taps that happen at the different breweries where there's maybe oh, a, sure. a, a you know a guest brewer comes in or all that type of stuff um, because you can actually enjoy a full beer there and and really have um, a better experience. The two ounces is, is cool. You get to taste tons of different beers, but they do kind of meld together a little bit, you know. And, oh, and so I think having having the actually the just the event here is almost as fun as actually going to the event. So yeah, and it's like it, it's cool because when you're there, the experience like if you're drop like if somebody drops their cup, their two ounce cup on the ground, <laughs> yeah, the right. entire place will erupt and like oh, and like it's like a circle. Twenty thousand people person. go nuts. Like no, mm. and it's not even a joke because you can hear it. The acoustics in that building are terrible or great. When, however your perspective 
but it like echoes through the entire building just over and over again whenever somebody drops it. So everyone stops what they're doing to point and look at the person that dropped it. And you're talking however many people are in there. I How many is it hold, Dave? It's like 10,000 people or some crazy thing like that? Yeah, or? you know, each session is probably like that. I don't know the exact number, but they have, you know, multiple sessions. Yeah, and they've got like, they've got like necklaces they make with like pretzels on them and other stuff that you can string on. So you're like munching oh, on yeah. bread while you're, while you're drinking yeah, your beer. Yeah, God. It yeah. is. When they drop those glasses, it is the best form of public shaming. <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah. it is. It's so fun. Yeah. No, like, that's the one place in the world where hazing should be allowed. Take note. No. Fitzgerald as it goes there. All the time. Let me go around the table with the, with my guys over there. Then yeah. Boomer, what are you drinking? Hashtag Redcast on the rocks. Well, I'm uh, having one of what I made the other week for the, for the podcast and uh, the Twitter feed. This is a bi-week blues. I bought way too big of a jar of blueberry preserves, so I need to drink them up. But it's a <laughs> tablespoon of blueberry preserves, a couple ounces of gin, a little lime juice, uh, shake over ice, add fresh fruit, garnish with mint, and enjoy. Excellent summer drink and good way to pass a week because there's no football. Or pass a Hashtag Redcast on the Rocks. Boomer makes all these drinks. He makes his own gin. I mean, it's... Damn. Uh, yeah. Wow. Just look at that and mustache. He has their left thing, not mustache. literally. So. Makes his own <laughs> Boomer, when are we hanging out? <laughs> Rob, what are you drinking? What do you Besides think you're drinking? Oh, it on. is Kool-Aid. I am drinking Kool-Aid. Jeez, look at that. <laughs> that just- <laughs> So, so I will tell you though, is that uh, I had rotary before this. I am a Rotarian here in Greeley, Colorado. Uh, um, and before I did, I had the um, Horse and Dragon. They have some kind of a new hot beer that they had. So I was drinking that, which is like the first all female owned brewery in Colorado. And it was being served at the Crest Theater here in Greeley that I was had my rotary meeting at. And after that, I had a Weldworks Juicy Bits, which is um, a gold medal winner at uh, GABF and a few other places around the world. It's kind of their pilot beer, and you can get it in Nebraska as well, I believe. So, Rob, that's your go-to, man. And, well, it's funny because it's not as much anymore. I'm a big Wiley Roots guy here in Greeley. Yeah, sure. I, I like their beer better, okay, better, mostly because Kyle's a friend of mine, and I usually drink for free. But we also are we play cornhole together, and we're we're a team. Um, so hey, Wiley Roots is free here. Cheers yeah. and drinking yeah. for free. Here's just drinking for free, and Amen. and here's my Kool Aid too. I have the full pitcher. Um, hopefully, I'll be watching the uh, f- the first inaugural, I get or the inaugural or the what first annual. I don't know what to call it. Podcast awards on Saturday, right? So, um, and I will will oh, be watching on the stream boy. yard, and I will be drinking from my Kool Aid pitcher. So if I don't win, screw all of you who didn't vote for me. All right, screw all of you that didn't vote. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys. Right? I told you, friend. He would be. If the, the Kool Aid Award, if we win it, Dave will be pissed, and if we lose it, Rob will be pissed. <laughs> so more people want to see me pissed. I know. Um, it. I just feel it. I'm already preparing for failure. I I just feel it. All right. Last but not least, here, Dave. What are you drinking? Yeah, enough. Uh, Denver Beer Company Backyard Buzz. It's a honey wheat ale. It's a good summer beer. Mm. One that you could have after mowing the lawn or whatnot. You know, upgrade from the Pilsner. It's good. Oh, outstanding! Facts. <laughs> Every beer is an upgrade from the the Pilsner. That's and not true. Pilsner I think a Pilsner is, is very hard. A good Pilsner is hard to make. So, uh, you know, I appreciate a uh, solid Pilsner. You know, Dave, you're welcome here anytime. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the truth. Well, fellas, this is the longest intro we've ever done on a Redcast. 
but we haven't done a crossover like this. And so I don't, this might be the longest intro you've ever done for no block. Yeah, yes. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. We're 15 sure. minutes in. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Everyone that's watching right now. I've already seen comments and questions coming in. That's outstanding. Keep them coming. Let's get into uh, what we're talking about here. The season starts two weeks from tomorrow night in Minneapolis. And what we really want to do is a deep dive into the roster offense and defense. We're going to start with an offense. We're going to do a little uh, intermission in the middle for two minutes so that everyone can refresh their drinks. We'll come back defensively. And let's start here, guys. First things first, quarterbacks, 2023 roster. Now, the, what we're going to show on the on the roster here is just scholarship players, except for one other guy, which we'll see on the next slide. Um, so when someone says, oh, there's a couple of other quarterbacks, there are. Where's Woji? <laughs> we're just going to focus on the ones that are on scholarship right now, and that's just because there's already 85 of them to to go through. So as we look at this roster so far, Jeff Sims, Heinrich Harburg, Chubba Purdy, uh, you know, Kyle, you already started talking about Harburg at the beginning with your with your opening statement yep. and your hot take. And that is something that is, is interesting. We saw that this week on social media that they started to use Harburg, or at least they very strategically showed a video of Harburg catching a pass. Um, I've said this a couple of times on the show, and I, and I believe this, Thoroughly, that this guy is such a talent, and he's such a can be a difference maker. His size and everything. I think they're going to try to find ways to get him on the field, multiple ways. So it doesn't surprise me they showed that. But um, uh, what one thing that's consistent with these three guys, Sims, Harburg, and Purdy, is that they can run, they can use their legs, and and Rule has certainly said that on multiple occasions. Yeah, I mean, like when I said my hot take, I just want to be full transparency here, like. It was just because I needed a hot take. Now, <laughs> I don't now, think it's that bad of a take, though. Right. It, I mean, I don't think so either. But Henrik Heiberg, Henrik Heiberg, Heinrich <laughs> Heiberg, Heiberg, Heiberg. Wow. Okay. Wow. How, fo- how, how focused would you say your mental focus is? <laughs> oh, I don't fucking hear it. But. Um, when, you, when you look at him, like you'd have to imagine he would understand what happened with your boy that went to Rice. And is like, you know, like if somebody's telling me I should move to wide receiver, I could be successful in this system as a wide receiver. Like maybe I just make the move and just, you know, trust what they're telling me. But who knows? Yeah. yeah, The thing about rule, right, is when he came to Nebraska, one of the selling points was the whole development thing. And, hey, you're going to have a guy playing this position, but he sees another position and he's going to ask you to embrace that other position and just try out and see how it goes. And so this could be a case of rule. See something in Heinrich Harburg. Thank you. <laughs> and maybe Heinrich is trusting Matt rules. I, well, and we've heard, know. we've heard from Heinrich Harburg and he said at the moment I am working at quarterback, mm-hmm. but he is open to helping the team in any way. So I think if Heinrich Harburg is playing other positions, you know, that's just one more thing the other team has to to look into was, and think about. If if you got number ten out there and you got number seven single digit out there on the field at the same time, that's gonna it's gonna raise some eyebrows. How many times have I made the comparison between Harburg and a Taysom Hill type player? Where again, like you said, you put him on the field and the defense doesn't know what the hell's going on out there. They don't know what to mm-hmm. do, what to plan for. Um, but in the same vein, sort of. One of the biggest pros I've heard about Jeff Sims coming into this season is his size and mobility. And we're looking at the numbers right up here on height and weight. Look at that. I mean, we show a one inch and 10 pound difference between Sims and Harburg. Mm-hmm. And so I find it funny that we're talking a lot about Jeff Sims size and mobility, 
but not quite as much about Harburg in that same aspect because I don't see a big difference between those two. And we've seen Harburg dunk the basketball, all that. We know the skills he has. I think from a strategic standpoint, what you can do, if you bring Harburg out on the field every fifth play to run a wildcat, you're starting to just, the thing I would have been critical a year ago with with Whipple of not, not being very creative. Getting him on the field in different situations. We asked the question on Twitter a couple of days ago, what's he going to get the most of this year? Harvard receptions, passes, or rushes? What, what number is he going to have the most of? Not how many yards, not how many touchdowns, just is he going to throw the ball more? Is he going to run the ball more or catch the ball more? And some people could not quite comprehend what that question was about. <laughs> yeah. But the point was, we had just seen him catch a pass. If he can be on the field for five straight plays, and he lines up maybe five different ways. He can flex out. He could be a, he's big enough to maybe kind of be a, a tight end or at least a flex tight end. He's fast enough to be a receiver in some situations. He can line up in the backfield, maybe even get a handoff to him. And on the fifth play, he moves right over to Wildcat and runs a, an option like he did for 30 yards in the spring game. Meanwhile, you're never rotating. That's the key. If you every time the only way you can ever bring him in is you have to bring him in from the sideline, then that stops the game, allows the defense to adjust too. If he's on the field already for three or four plays in a row, and now we choose on play four to have him be a wildcat, and you're not rotating anybody offensively to do it, the defense has to sit there and and this is where you can create numbers differences. The defense has to sit there and go, okay, well, Harburg's now the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And we and we didn't bring in a different uh, alignment, Dave. No, I, I mean, you finish your thought, and then I want to jump in. No, no I was kind of finishing. Anyways, I was going to point to you. Oh, your thought was. <laughs> 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 um, I guess, I, I mean, intriguing idea there, and I think you're right. I mean, having him on the field for multiple plays, and then you can insert him into that position, and then you flex Jeff out, I guess. But, I mean, do you feel that he brings that much different of a skill set from a Wildcat than what Jeff Sims would have on a normal play-by-play basis? That's a great question. No. But, yeah, so I don't know what that would do to the defense. They'd be hard. like, oh, well, it's a different quarterback. He's going to run the same offense, or well, he's well, just going to run the ball. I don't I don't know if that really is true. No, I don't think either. it's a different skill set, but I do think they would probably run some things different with him. You notice in the spring game, they didn't run an option with Jeff Sims. Not that Jeff Sims right. isn't capable of running the option. I absolutely, All of us would agree he's capable and has the skill set to run it, but it wasn't until they throw Harburg in there, he runs the one option, and – so, yes. Do I think Jeff Sims is going to run an option this year? I hope. Yeah. I mean, I'm option guy. I hope we're running option with Jeff Sims. But they might. They might. This might be a great opportunity to get Harburg on the field, get him some snaps in, in some, you know, and just develop a player who I've heard people say, Honky, you're crazy. Why would you line him up receiver? Why would you hand him the ball? You know, he's a quarterback. All right, fine. How are you developing the guy if he's standing on the sideline? How do you find ways to get him onto the field? Because Jeff Sims, you only got one spot. One player can play that, and Jeff Sims is going to be the guy. Well, and to your point, I think however minimal it is, there is still that mental aspect of we don't know when that rotation is going to come, whether it be Sims or Harburg. There's still, like, that's sitting in the back of the mind of a defense that, like, you don't know when that's going to happen. Even if it's a minimal adjustment, they have to be ready for that at any given moment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think this could happen. I'm not I'm not going to say it. it yeah, but I mean, Boomer, could this be one of those classic like fall camp red herrings where something gets thrown out there and video shows up and everybody's like, ooh, this is going to happen. And then we never see Heinrich Harburg do any of this. Yes. <laughs> I think it's quite likely in this case. Yeah. Rule Boomer with hard cutting yeah. opinions right there. Yeah. Rule tends to play stuff pretty close to the vest. You know, he, I don't think he's going to show a lot of things that 
he's going to try to trick people with, you know, this early on. He's going to save that for the actual season. So I, that's probably what we're seeing here. It's just giving other teams something to think about and that possibility. If we do put him out there that, hey, what's he going to be doing? Maybe he's going to catch a play, you know, go out for a pass, but we're actually just going to use him in a traditional quarterback role. Yeah, I, that's more likely, I would think, in this case. You know, what we've we seen were, so far out of rule. Yeah. Last year, we they did some of that. They ran some off uh, option, put it on social media. Everyone saw it, and then, of course, we never did it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love how Dave framed that because the whole reason that we may not win the, the, the Kool-Aid Award is, is Dave, Dave loves <laughs> to tamp that down. I want to get Rob at least so he can he can say something here on it. Well, Let's get a little Kool-Aid in it. Rob, is is Harbor going to lead the team in receptions? Come on. Well, you, you're you looking for Kool-Aid, and it's funny because I my answer is already this. You know when we'll see that play? The Big Ten Championship game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Damn it, Rob. Bookmark it. Bookmark it. Bookmark it. <laughs> I was waiting for the Kool-Aid man to just burst through the wall behind him. Oh, right yeah. You just put that, those five seconds on your TikTok. I'm sure it'll blow up. I'm sure it'll blow we'll, up. We'll get that. To, yeah. Mike, we haven't heard from you as much. Do you have any kind of taken away moments, uh, you know, with the, with the quarterback here? Any, any kind of final thoughts on it? Not really. I would just say that I think, I think we're confident in our guy and Jeff Sims. Like he mm-hmm. is QB one. I think, QB two is kind of a conversation. Like we're talking about Harburg playing other positions. So does that tell us that, that Chuba is QB two? Like that, that's how I feel about it. That, there's the question, Jared. And that, listen, that opens up another whole slew. Jared, Are we g- I'll ask you the question, Jared <laughs> and fingers across red, red casters, no blockers, everything out there. Um, you know, nothing's going to happen bad to Sims, but, but he, he, he has a hangnail. And he has mm. to be brought out for one play because that bad hangnail. Mm. Jared, who's the guy that's coming in to replace him? It's Chuba. Yeah. Chuba. No doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Dave, and, Dave, yeah. do you think that too? Yeah, probably. I mean, I I've I've expressed my concern that it's going to be more than a hangnail many times on this show over the last few months. I, I think Jeff Sims has a track record of getting injured, and there's no reason to expect that he's going to start all 12 games. So I think Chuba Purdy's probably going to start a game this year. I Multiple. Agree with you, Dave. I, based on the press conference yesterday, too, the way that um, I believe Rule himself was was praising Purdy like a lot, saying how much he's improved and come along this this uh, fall and in the spring and everything. So um, I I agree with you for once. <laughs> Kurt Kurt, uh, you know, commented and he said, "Say turf toe instead of hangnail. I'd rather have a hangnail than <laughs> yes. a turf toe." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turf toe can linger for weeks. You want to know who to ask about turf toe? Ask Dion. He knows all about turf toe. He- oh, oh, that's, that's no toe, actually. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> well, enough. let's move on, guys. And let's get on to the running back situation here. And this is, if we look at the 23 roster here. You have Anthony Grant as a senior coming back. Ramir Johnson. Can't believe he's only a junior. It seems wow. like he's been here for six, six years. Gabe Irvin Jr., the Hulk now. He's a sophomore. Emmett Johnson, retro freshman, Quentin Ives, true freshman. And then the one non-scholarship guy that uh, that I mentioned that we'd put down here is Barrett Liebentritt, uh, Omaha Scott kid who went to Notre Dame, transferred back, most likely a starting fullback or at least the guy that's going to be out there a lot as a fullback. And then we have Janarian Bonner. We're going to list him twice, tight end and as a fullback. Played quite a bit of fullback in the uh, spring game. He's up to 220 now. He was listed at 200. Uh, back on the back in the spring roster. Uh, let's start with you, Mike. When you look at this here, running backs, you look at that that group of five, do you have 
does it matter to you who's number one the same way with QB one, or do you just see a, do you see a two or three top guys that, uh, that you want to see getting out there? I don't know. I just see a lot of question marks, I guess, because you, you know, you have a program and you want a bell cow. There's no bell cow here. Like we thought Anthony Grant was that last year and now, and Gabe Irvin took the scene in the off season. He's probably has the Kool-Aid award uh, next to Rob. So I just, I don't know who you have. And then it's Ramir Johnson. Like last year he played wide back, but he played so wide. He was on the sidelines the entire season. <laughs> yeah. So to me, I, I would think that Anthony Grant and Gabe Irvin are going to be the guys, the, the one, two punch. And then you probably get creative with Ramir, but I don't know. It's, it's a question mark. I want somebody to take the job and run with it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't really? disagree with you either because even yesterday I, I keep referencing the press conferences just because I like to quote like come what comes right out of the coach's mouth but when he was naming the running backs as far as who he was happy with uh Anthony Grant was the number one Gabe Irvin was number two then he said and then he said Ramir and then he paused for a second and he said oh and Emmett Johnson so I I kind of take that as like those are that's the order of how he's thinking about the running backs does that make sense it's like in, yeah, in that sure. in that order sure. so um you know I'm kind of that's that's what I took away from that listening to that, and I actually had to go back and get that list again. So I listened to it a couple more times just to make sure I got it in the right order. But pretty interesting to me because um, I still think Grant is going to be that guy. Uh, Michael Michael uh, Sever Severe said something interesting on your show last week actually about Anthony Grant and how he felt about him. Um, I'll let you guys get into that a little bit since we're talking about the depth, but um, those are some pretty interesting comments that he had about his feeling on the way sure. that Anthony Grant ran. Yeah. Um, I think Michael Sevier kind of just, I wouldn't say he echoed what we think, but it's, he got off to a good start last year, albeit against competition that probably wasn't the greatest. And then as the season wore along, it looked like he was Peter panning it or dancing a little bit more than hitting a hole, just kind of like r- running into the backs and the butts of his O-linemen, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Um, but such, such a promising start. And it's like, okay. And we even, we even joked about it. We had, we had our whole, like, bell cow thing, right? With the Saturday Night Live and the Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? He's the bell cow. And then it just kind of faded. You know, it looked like his legs are getting kind of heavier and just didn't really emerge and didn't get the thousand yard mark. God, I hope we can have a, a thousand yard uh, running back again. You know, uh, divine had a great year in 2018. Uh, but we, I feel like with the kind of offense that rule wants to run, you gotta have someone you can depend on. I look at this list and you know how you're playing a video game and it's, it's like a create a player and the guy's face is blacked out, right? He doesn't have a face. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I see here. And it's a little concerning. And you hope that with EJ Barthel and with his coaching that he's unlocked something from Anthony Grant or Gabe Irvin, who I think will be RB1 personally. But mm-hmm. will, he, will he unlock something out of these guys? With the live viewers right now, if you're watching this, put down in, in the comments, who do you think, if somebody, if you look at this list of five, who's going to be, the first one out of these five, you think that will get a thousand yards? Could be somebody this year. It could be Quentin Ives four years from now. It's going to take us that long. Hopefully not. <laughs> but I mean, you know, is there a thousand yard? Or you can say there's not a thousand yard rusher in the bunch. I mean, all is fair, right? Gabe Irvin. You know, I was at the Illinois game with Mac and Rob a couple years ago, and 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 we Stop saw him. Bringing his, that up. 
we saw that first game of Irvin and we love the start, but then he had the injuries, right? Uh, Grant, uh, there's parts of me when I look at Grant last year and I, I think half of it's Grant and half it's Whipple. I blame a lot on Whipple mm, and offense. And point. We yeah. were, we were a Jekyll and Hyde offense anyways. Um, Ramir last year, I mean, going into last year, it was Ramirez the guy, geez, they're going to, like you said, they're Mike, the, the, the wide back thing. And they're going to, they're going to get him on the field the whole time. And then he never sees the field. Mm -hmm. Emmett Johnson's got a ton of speed and, and we've started to see that in little bits and glimpses. Uh, there's talent there. Do we have a scheme? And the reason that we include those fullbacks is because there's going to be a different look in how we run the ball this year. There's going to be times there's, when we get to the wide receivers next, we're not ready for that. But when we get to that, there's people that are going to be freaking out about, do we have three and four wide receivers to throw in the field? And I'm telling you, we're going to get in some 12 and 21 and 22 personnel where you're going to see a lot of these guys, maybe multiple of these guys on the field at the same time. Yeah. Dave? Hey, hey, yeah, hockey. Uh, I, first of all, I'd rather have you be our OC than Mark Whipple ever again. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, knowing that you've got, let's see your top three here, Grant, Irvin, and, and Ramir have different running styles, right? Gabe's a little bit more like a hammer. Grant's going to try to make guys miss. Um, how would you deploy these guys like in the sequence of a game to maybe maximize their ability, right? Would you like, mm. you know, have, have Irvin out there in the first quarter to, to hit that middle linebacker over and over again. And then maybe that, uh, you know, deploy Grant later and make, make the guy miss because he's, you know, waiting for, for the hit, you know, or, or some other approach. I mean, is there a way to actually use these guys in a way that actually enhances their individual abilities because how you've deployed them? It's a great question there. I mean, I think Irvin certainly gives you, he's a big, strong, powerful back. So whether that's on a play one thing, you know, Grant could be a guy on play one. He ran the same way at the beginning of the season that he ran at the end of the year. He, yeah. he was jumping all over the place. He was just getting away with it against North, North Dakota and, and all that he's not a bad guy to start a game off with and he can, but he gives you some ability to bust a move and, and get an extra five yards. And then to your point there, Dave, now we're at third and one on a drive where we've had eight straight plays. And now you're putting in Irvin and he's lining up right behind Liebentritt and we've got double tight ends out there. Uh, again, for all the folks that are going to be frustrated about, you know, receiver leaving the team, sorry that they don't, participate on that play you know this is third and one and we need to get it and the third and one is going to look different than a year ago mm -hmm. we're not in five wides with the shotgun and having the quarterback running up the middle so mm -hmm. you know to your point there dave you can do things like that to kind of spread that out a little bit and then can they get creative that the, the I keep using that word over and over again because i never saw it a year ago can you find a way to get ramir johnson on the field at the same time that you have Irvin on the field can you find ways to get guys multiple guys janarian bonner this dude's a fullback. We saw him get the first carry of the game in the spring game. And yet you look at him, he came here as a four-star wide receiver and yep. he's playing tight end now. So when, when we talk about guys being a lot of different positions, he's a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like to Mike, to your point, I don't think anyone in that, in that staff has, has kind of echoed the bell cow approach. It's always mm -hmm. been about the community and just trying to figure out, Okay, how are we going to work this? Just like Dave was talking about, how are you going to employ two or three guys throughout the, uh, you know, through a game? And so, like in my personal opinion, if you're kind of rocking with the thought that you want to finish fourth quarter, uh, the fourth quarter, I mean, maybe you run Ramir Johnson out there. You know, he's like the he's like the lightning, right? And then in the fourth quarter, when you're time when when it's time to just beat somebody down, you throw Anthony or you throw Irvin out there, and I mean. 
it's a totally different approach than what we've seen. We've always asked for the bell cow, the bell cow, the bell cow. We had a freaking drop on our soundboard for it a year ago. <laughs> and now you're kind of looking at it and you're like, well, we have three capable guys that have all played good time. So like use them all, right? Like we don't need a bell cow. If you've got three guys that can kind of go out there and just kind of throw in different things at, at certain times, then you might as well use them. Are you saying That's- more like play the hot hand or? I mean, play the hot hand or make a, 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 a strategy going into a game and say, look, the first two quarters, we're just going to throw Ramir out there and maybe Gabe, and we're just going to start kind of being flashy with it and just trying to get the, the fun yardage right, the dancing around. And then when it comes time to the fourth quarter, when it really matters, throw Anthony Grant out there and just pound these dudes or mix it you know, with Gabe Irvin, whatever you want to do. You hit on exactly the two points I wanted to touch on. Um, you mentioned you know, the lightning thunder. I see... Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant being that lightning approach, like not quite, you know, Oh five USC. We're not there. Like Calvin right. Jones, yeah. Derek Brown, at least. Yeah. yeah. But so like that, that kind of combo, um, seeing that power back and Gabe Irvin and the speed back and Anthony Grant, having that kind of approach, I see that being very reasonable. Um, and then you, you talked about all last season, we talked about our bell cow where with it, the running back room specifically, we wanted to talk about who is our number one running back, who is our bell cow. I don't see a bell cow on that board, but this season or the end of this season, um, we've talked a lot about the dogs in the locker room. Who's our dogs? Right. I see three dogs on that list right there. I don't need a bell cow. Right. I got three dogs that whatever situation I need them, I can find somebody that can get the job done. And I think that is the most encouraging thing I see on this roster. You know, Connor, I, to close out the running backs here, I want to say one of the best shows I think of the offseason that, that I've watched. I know, Rob, you talked about it quite a bit. You guys had Ken Kalen and uh, Keith Jones. Yeah. I back, you know, Keith Touchdown Jones. And, you know, I don't know that we have a Keith Jones when I look at this list. But to your point, I see two, three guys that can get the ball in the end zone, that can move the chains. I see a quarterback that has some legs that can, you know, move the chains on the third and fourth down too. I mean, there's a lot of things that can stress a defense so probably to your point if we have a bell cow we don't know who it is now it would be you know just projecting to say that we have one maybe we do maybe one of them steps out and has 1200 yards and we don't know it but i know that we've got guys that have shown enough already that have carried enough you know balls and big games that uh, you know i feel good coming into the season there's a lot worse running back rooms that we've had at this time going into game one than what we have right now. hundred percent. I got a question for you then on, on that one. And it's kind of mm-hmm. what I've been trying to ask here. The, um, so goal to go situation inside the five, who are you bringing in off this running back squad to, to get the ball in the end zone? Well, number one, I'm bringing in Borkature and I'm bringing in Bedoni and I'm bringing in Bonner as a third, you know, maybe do a, you could do crackbacks the way they did with Brewington. I bring in Liebentritt. Mm-hmm. And then on top of all that, I guess if I'm just going for pure muscle, I mean, I'm going off of photos from social media. <laughs> Urban in there. I mean, yeah. it's literally like calling the whole hubba. <laughs> I mean, we, we need to fall forward for two yards. Yeah. You know, it's, it's Gabe Urban behind all that beef and let's play big 10 football the way that two years ago, that Illinois disaster Part of that, that was in game one of Brett Bielema, and Bielema knew how to play Big Ten football. And he would line up and and have eight guys on the line of scrimmage, for cripes sakes. And that's what Minnesota does with with unbalanced lines and and 400-pound linemen. That's what they do. And a lot of times they just don't fumble the ball, and they just figure out a way to fall forward for three yards and keep your great high-powered offense off the field. And they do that. 
well, we need to be able to do that too. And, and for any Husker fan of any age of like us, this is what we saw for years. So, you know, that's what I want to see. So again, I don't know that we have the bell cow. And I think that's a, that's a very good question. I don't know that we have it. I don't know that we need it either. Right. Sure. We tried, we tried the whole bell cow thing with Anthony Grant last year, and we've already talked about it. At some point, the wheels just kind of fell off and we got tired and beat down. And then who was there to, to back it up? Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's move on to the position that has received a lot of recent discussion. Uh, obviously, we just lost Xavier Betts, wide receivers. Um, as we go down the list here for seniors, we have three seniors here. Joshua Fleeks, uh, who got himself <laughs> lowered enough weight to get back into He's camp. in shape. He's in shape. I wish I could get in shape that quick. I could kick hockey off the podcast. He's overweight. He'd never go back. No. <laughs> oh, now, I appreciate My Lord. That. I could drop weight that fast. You know, I need the Joshua Fleeks you know, weight loss. No now. kidding. Billy Kemp. Uh, obviously he's one of the single digit players. So, you know, he's going to be, if we're in a two receiver set, you know, he's going to be on the field more times than not out of that Marcus Washington. He's gone in and out of some injuries there. Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda, IGC. And then, uh, he's the junior and then the rest are all freshmen. So Demetrius Bell, Jeremiah Charles, uh, Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, Jalen, uh, Lloyd, and then Bryce Turner, all of them bring some different skill sets. And this is a very specific room too, that we should note. I didn't include them because they're not scholarship players, but Ty Han and Bullock. These are a couple of walk-on guys. And that's a position where when you look at, uh, you know, Brandon Riley or the Todd Peterson's over the world, over the, the years, we've had guys play meaningful minutes and be able to do things at the wide receiver role uh, that uh, weren't scholarship guys. So mm-hmm. let me start with you, Kyle, I guess, as you look at this roster here, these 10 guys, you know, what, what sticks out to you? I mean, we've we've said it over and over again. Like Connor said, we've talked about who's the dogs on the team, right? And so the number one guy that seems to keep popping up for us, and I mean, like we mentioned, Michael Severe, Billy Kemp is the guy that we keep pointing to as like your, you know, um, your your mustache, your guy that's going to go out there and he's going to get you your first down. Like he's your guy that's going to go out and he's going to just be solid when you need him, right? It's a dog. Um, Yeah, but I mean, it certainly doesn't help. We talked about on the boat pod um, this weekend about like losing Xavier Betts and like how how crazy is this or like how bad is this? And to be honest, we were like Mike's point was it's really not a huge deal. Like, I don't know if it was talking about is Xavier Betts going to be the game changer this year, right? Like we have three guys up here that are seniors that have played serious time at different universities, albeit at different schools, but at the same time, they've played serious college football. So it's not Mm -hmm. like something that that's something that sticks out to me is that you've got three guys up there that are seniors and have played actual time around college football. Let me, Mike, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. So we know we talked about, there's going to be some formations. We get out there, a lot of formations where it's two wide receivers on the field. Mm -hmm. We all will look at this and say Kemp's number one. So, I mean, as you look at this list, who do you think number two is? And 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 I guess a side question, was Xavier Betts that number two before he left? No, no. I, I think number two is no doubt on Marcus Washington. Uh, that He's like the definition of, of no block, no rock. He's the type of guy that's going to go out there. He's going to go put, put his body on the line for his team. And last year with Casey Thompson at quarterback, and granted they had chemistry from Texas, horns down. Uh, but <laughs> I will say that, like, if you needed a guy to go get you a ball on third and six, Marcus was that guy. 
He was mm-hmm. the guy that was going to go get those six yards. He was going to run to the sticks and he was going to catch the ball. And he had some drops here and there, but the guy, he was reliable. And I think Marcus Washington, when healthy, will be your number two. And and then Billy Kemp, I think they could really fit well with each other. But you get that little, the shorter, quicker guy. And then you got Marcus Washington, who's a kind of a bigger body. So, Dave, let, let me ask you this question. We talked about on the running back side, we talked about which guy do you put in when, you know, early, late, who's the short yardage, all that. How would you, looking at this receiving core right now, are there ways to differentiate who is your breakout, breaks, breakaway speed guy? Who's your jump ball guy? Who's your blocking guy in a third and short and you want to have receivers? You know, do you, you kind of look at this crew and, and, and divide them into those kind of segments? Yeah, well, I think that's tough because we there's enough unknowns out there. And I, I think, you know, it's it's nice to think of Billy Kemp as just a, a plug and play, like, oh, the never the the, the transfer wide receiver that's gonna come in and, and contribute and, and be our, our wide receiver one, right? Um like he's not Trey Palmer, year. that's for certain, right? I mean, like like Trey was able to rip the top off of defenses, um, and Marcus Washington benefited to the tune of almost five hundred yards of catching those stuff, uh, those passes underneath. Right. Um, Billy Kemp is not known as the, the deep ball guy. He, he's, you know, caught more passes in Virginia football history than anyone else because he, he catches the, the, the short under stuff and gets the first downs. So um, I don't know who on this team because of, of bets being gone, who exactly is going to rip off the, the top. Now, uh, what we saw from uh IGC actually, I mean, he was promising. He didn't have some some drops, you know. So may, maybe he could be the guy that could could stretch that a little bit. Obviously, in the future, Malachi Coleman could clearly be that guy. But is he ready right now? Um, probably not. Uh, Jaden Doss is a freshman that has played a lot of football down in the KC area. Maybe he can contribute right away. I'd like to see if some of these freshmen can fill some of those roles um, from yeah, blocking I mean, perspective. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I Which freshman do you think too. is most likely to step up and have the uh, the most immediate impact? In the wide receiver room, it, Rob, think, you haven't spoken. I think, a I think Malachi ago. is. I think Malachi is the guy. Um, he's he got he yesterday I, again. I'll reference the the the. Um, hey, folks! Did you he, know that Rob listened to the press conference yesterday? Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, but but he did. Malachi's name probably came up half a dozen times in that press conference yesterday. And I mean, if you look at him and you look at his size and everything else, take away freshman, sophomore, senior, junior, everything. And you look at his size and his weight. And, he, you know, there's some guys on there that are freshmen that are 160, right? 5'11", 160, 6'2", 160. Malachi's 6'4", 185. And he put probably about 20, 25 pounds on in muscle in the off season. Um, I know this for a fact. And he has been bought into the actual system for the entire, like he started coming on campus in the spring, doing all the workouts with the team, hit the gym pretty hard during the summer, the, the training room. And the, and so he's the guy I, I really do. I mean, he's had his nose in the playbook almost his entire senior season since since the minute that he committed to rule. So there's, mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing to say that he couldn't go out there and, and perform yeah. this year. I, I actually, I agree with you, Rob. I think he's the most likely uh, candidate to do that. I just don't know if he's going to be ready on, on game one. No, um, I, and I'm not because saying I mean, that. he hasn't played as, you know, as much football I'd say as, as maybe some others. Um, and so he's going to have to be developed a little bit, I think, and brought along. I, huge potential there. Completely oh. agree with you. Excited to see what he can do. I, I do think maybe maybe we don't need as much the guy. I mean, there was a good comment that just post Boomer, I think, just brought it up of like it might be a little bit more of a dink and dunk offense. I mean, we may 
since if we're going to run the ball and establish a line of scrimmage, maybe we don't need as much. Um, and maybe we just need someone who can uh, take a shot every once in a while. And that might be someone like IGC who can, you know, take advantage of a play action, get past that safety and, and, you know, make the catch. You know, Kyle, we may need you to like come up with like some sound thing for Dave just said he agreed with Rob. So right. like we need yeah. a button. Pretty rare. Yeah, pretty I need rare. to get a soundboard is what I need. And I'll just yeah. Yeah. like we need a soundboard. Yeah. But you know, also to Dave's point too, sometimes we get so focused on just a position, like, oh my gosh, if we don't have somebody to take the top off from this group, what's wrong? And yet when you watched uh the Sunday night show that came out on, on YouTube, uh, the a uh, look in and all about situational football. And there is Coach Rule talking to the offensive defense. There's a minute and 15 seconds. You're at the 35, blah, blah, blah. And who took the top off? Who made the big catch? It's not a guy from this list. It was Fedoni. Yep. And it was a tight end. And so maybe somebody comes from yep. that group too. There's just what I want to see. This gets back to that creativity word. When I when I would get frustrated a year ago because we'd line up in one formation and always have the same personnel grouping out there. We never could never figure out a way to get two backs on the field, could never figure out a way to get, you know, two tight ends or whatever it was that was frustrating. Yeah. And so what I see is there's a lot of options here. Let's figure out ways to get different personnel groups out there. Let's figure out a way to get, if you got a great talent like Harburg, let's figure out a way to get him out there. I, my hot take on the opposite side would be Harburg getting him out there on the field and getting him snaps is the thing that keeps him here as opposed to sitting on the bench and not getting snaps and just being a backup quarterback. Maybe, maybe that's the way to do it, but, but they can't just be junk plays and they, and He's got to be good at what he does. I mean, if right. we just saw one catch, that's one thing. But if he actually makes a catch and, you know, Bacham in your court was a receiver for us and he's catching touchdowns. Okay. If you can do that and then next year you're playing quarterback, more power to you. Yeah. I, I think just like kind of a concluding point here is like Purdue did not beat the hell out of us last year by taking the top off our defense. And that was a great point. I saw it come up across the screen here and it was mm -hmm. like, you know what? If you don't have that, no problem. Scheme it up. Yeah, dink and dunk. Clock dink and dunk. Dude, listen. We had Nebraska's best ever deep threat of all time last year. Literally. Trey Palmer, who is showing at the next level, he might be okay. What was Nebraska's record last year? Right. I don't want to talk about it. Like, this is kind of the opposite. We got Billy Kemp. Mm -hmm. He's not going deep. No. Okay? He's going to run your seven-yard routes, whatever. You know, I, I look at this list, okay? There's 10 guys there. Six of those guys are true freshmen. Joshua Fleeks is... N I don't think he's going to contribute, okay? Just my opinion. I would agree. So you're looking at Billy Kemp, Marcus Washington, IGC. IGC, I'm, I'm skeptical. You know, I look in that whole hard knocks thing. They had a thing on him. Awesome. I hope you... Expectations are low for this room. That's my concluding point. People are can talk about Malachi Coleman. Great talent, I am sure. But I am not expecting him to go out in Minnesota and catch even three balls, okay? And maybe this moves on to our next position group because I think this is going to be the group that is the most important. But Connor is, wants to talk. It's very quick. But the one thing I love most are low expectations. Uh -huh. And that sounds negative. That's me. No, that's that great. That sounds negative. No, it's great. I love it. Sorry, Rob. No, yeah. it's, it's good. I mean, everyone has low expectations of me all the time, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's great. We could use a soundbite for that. I, I completely agree with that. And I, right now, I feel the same way about the running back spot. Somebody will probably step up out of this. There's going to be a freshman because 
there's six of them. Probably one of those freshmen is going to step up and have a great season, and we don't see it right now. It happens, it happens at every other school, sure, and and nobody blinks twice. So hey, why not us? Why not us? And I, and I'll tell you what, if Malachi Coleman was playing at Georgia right now, we'd all be saying that guy's going to be a, a killer. He's going to he's going to yeah. destroy the SEC because he went to, to to Georgia and we lost him. Right? It's only when we get him we're like, oh, we're we're nervous about it. I don't I don't want to throw too much on him right now, right away. Can he be a situational player in the first couple of weeks and work your way into being more than that? Develop. Sure. Develop, develop. Let's get into develop. But I think Jared, you hit a great point, and let's move on to tight ends here. And this is a whole different group here that can be a, a role in both the run game and the pass game. I loved having tight ends be such an involvement in the in the offense for years under Osborne. Fullbacks too, guys that could be differentiators. Not every offense would have them. Some teams were five wide receiver sets all the time, like Florida. No tight ends give you a different. Uh, a, a different. We have Thomas Fidone, the sophomore. He's been here three years, but mostly injury riddled. 6'6, 50. Eric Gilbert, the sophomore, the transfer from uh, Georgia, 6'5, 275. Don't know yet his, his eligibility status. Didn't sound great, mm-hmm. uh, according to, to Rule a couple days ago, but we don't know yet. Nate Borkertcher, this is why you don't get rid of the walk on program, people. Damn. Sophomore, 6'5, 245. Very well could be the starter. Uh, Jake Applegate, Richard Freshman, 6'4", 235. He's put on some good weight there. Janarian Bonner, there he is, Richard Freshman, 6'3", 220. And he can be a completely different style tight end. I think in that Chancellor Brewington kind of uh, mold where you could be doing crack box blocks and stuff with him. And then Isaac, uh, Ismail Smith-Flores, 6'4", 225, freshman. Um, let's start. I'll start with you, uh, uh, Jared. Uh, right away. I guess I don't even know if this matters. Maybe the same way with the with the running back one. Do we right. have a bell cow at tight end? Do we have a <laughs> starter? Does it matter? Or do you th- who do you think will be? I guess tight end one, tight end two. Well, you look at that list. Fedoni, uh, we don't need to be that horse has been dead, right? Yeah, hasn't played. We joked about it on the boat. We said he looked like the ten man during the spring game. Didn't look great. Now a lot of time has passed, and maybe they wanted him to be cautious during the spring game. Looks better. In those videos, right? Mm-hmm. Eric Gilbert, I don't see the waiver. Don't see the waiver coming. Every time Matt Rule talks about it, he gets pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he I think he knows something that we don't. And, you know, there's something about Georgia. Maybe they did something not great on their end. Where they have to take responsibility for something. Yeah. <laughs> what? And their program is, a. although they win, they are going through some things off the field. Um, Nate Borkature, I think you are right. I think he is the guy. Um, ideally, is that what you want? No, it's not. However, you know, he caught a touchdown pass against North Dakota. That's cool. But, God, Fedoni, please, man. Please, <laughs> Fedoni. Please. Like, you came to Nebraska, and he he was kind of sold as the, he'll, he'll take the top off. He's a threat, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't anticipate Eric Gilbert playing, so I need Fedoni. Give me Fedoni. I crave Fedoni. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm being weird about it. Sounds like <laughs> some weird Italian dish. I, so. <laughs> yeah. I need some Fedoni. Fedoni. <laughs> Listen, this room needs to be good. If this room is not good, this team, and we can talk about the O-line, but this team will not be good. Well, we talked about Satterfield before we even started the show. Mike, I mean, Satterfield, that's a staple of the offense that he wants to have his tight ends. He From day one, he talked about tight ends being a part of this. Uh, right. You know, do, do you have what – are, what are your biggest concerns? What are your biggest optimistic uh, points when you look at this group? 
I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat where I don't think Gilbert's going to play, which is unfortunate because if you look at his size, 275, he's damn near a tackle. Uh, <laughs> is that right? Is that 275 correct? Yeah, yeah a, and it was up from two, it was like 260 in the spring. And I just updated the graphic boy. today. He's a big boy. Uh, <laughs> to me, it's all going to come down to if Fedoni can stay healthy, I think the tight end room could look very good in the receiving end. But I don't think he's your blocker guy. I think Nate Borkature is going to be the guy that's going to go out there on those third and threes or third and twos, and you're going to need to do a power run and go get that first down. Nate is going to be the guy that's going to be on the edge blocking. So, yeah, this this room is very important. If you look right under Nate, there's a lot of question marks. And with no Eric, it gets very thin very quickly. So, I don't know. I don't have, like, huge expectations. I think mm-hmm. it all depends on if Thomas, Thomas Vidoni stays healthy. So Well, you know, in Borkature, like, as opposed to the wide receivers where we named a couple – walk-ons that we didn't even have listed yeah we don't really have a walk-on right off right off the bat that we would add to this list right. if there's an injury the walk-ons borkature mm-hmm. you know and, and who is now a scholarship player i agree with you that i think borkature would probably get the the most snaps i guess maybe that's even a question is yeah. which tight end gets the most snaps by the end of the year because who really cares who's t- tight end one or tight end two it's I don't. more who's the guy that's going to be playing and borkature seems to be the guy that in all situations, whether it's a run situation, a pass situation, you're expecting him out there. Uh, Fedoni, hopefully, I, I hope he's an outstanding blocker. I hope he's an all-American blocker. Mackey, um, boy. Mackey. Everything's Mackey. Mackey. Every time you interview Thomas Fedoni, he talks about the Mackey. So please live up to those expectations. Yeah, Mackey blocker. Connor, do you have any thoughts here? So uh, Mike talks about Fedoni being that pass catcher, trying to get him into that role. Um, I actually am the exact opposite. I think Borkature is probably going to have to be that pass catching guy. Again, we talked about Fedoni looking like the tin man uh, in these videos we've seen recently. I think tin man being just not real fluid. Yeah. Right. I, wonky. I mean, a little bit slow. Uh, like things still look a little bit rough. Um, I think it'll be easier, not easy, but easier to get Fedoni into that blocking role. I know that's not why he came here. I know that's not what he wants to do, uh, but Everything we've seen out of this guy through two two ACL injuries. Was it an ACL MCL or two ACLs? I think two uh, ACL. Yeah, mm-hmm. two ACL injuries. This kid has not wavered. He wants to be a part of this program. I think wherever they put him, he's gonna be happy. And I think putting him in that rock and roll, especially with that size, is probably where I see him being most effective. Mm-hmm. Dave, I, I'm gonna I, leave. I think oh yeah, I was no, gonna I give you the final note here, Dave. So you go. I was just saying that the video of Fedoni is probably just a, a big ruse, a cunning attempt to, to trick us, right? You know, that, you know, he's actually probably completely healthy. He's going to be super dynamic, and they're just making him look slow on the video. So we don't know what's going to happen. You know, Dave, when we used to, to coach uh, back in the Elks days, Elks Midget just hiding him. Yeah, we would do yeah. we would do tight end reverses uh, back in the uh, the old youth That's football right. coaching days. And uh, yeah. they Maybe maybe that can be something that Fedoni needs so, to be. But with, with Gilbert, if I, I'll be positive for a second, I completely understand our skepticism. Um, it feels like if it was an open and shut case, they would have already already given it to, to Gilbert. But I, I know there's been other two time transfer uh, players that have already gotten denied. So if you want to try to be on the positive spin, is like if they denied players for other programs already, why didn't they deny them here? Right. So there's something still going on there. Um, and I had heard from others that, I mean, the, that George is not the, the hang up. It's something, something else going on there. So, um, I, I'm going to hold that hope that Gilbert ultimately is, is eligible, but well, it, it's a, a, still maybe a long shot. 
I'm just going to blame the SEC because I think well, that's that's fair. Sure. We just yeah. play for like three well, SEC programs. It's pretty amazing. On on Schmidt's show the other day too, he said something about right. um, that it could be that um, maybe they did get something back from them on that, and that there's an appeal process going on as well. So that could be the case as well, Dave. So mm-hmm. they, they might have sure. already heard that. Well. Let's move on to the offensive line, and this will be the final offensive group that we're going to talk about. Um, after this is done, we're going to do a two-minute inter- intermission there. So anyone that's watching right now, if you have a question, an offensive question that you want to have asked, put it in there into the comments right now. Boomer, you get to pick the top offensive question that you want to ask, and we'll ask it right after the offensive line, right before we go into the uh, intermission. But offensive line. Pretty much almost everyone's back here. I mean, we're looking at, again, Ben Hart's kind of right there with Ramir Johnson. I think he's been here seven years, and he's listed as a junior. 6'9", 315. Turner Corcoran, 6'6", 310. Uh, Nuuli, 6'4", 315. Junior. Piper. And they love Piper. They're going to give him a single-digit number. Of course, they can't do that, but uh, that's what they, how much they think of him. 6'3", 305. Ben Scott, junior. 6'5", 305. So these other positions where we've had a whole bunch of young dudes, not at the O-line. A bunch of guys coming back. Lutovsky's in his third year, 6'6", 325. There's Prohaska, sophomore, 6'10", 325. He can stay healthy. Let's just stay on the left column here. Mike, I'll start with you. Let's just stay on the left column. The right column's all redshirt freshmen and freshmen. I mean, what are your thoughts looking at the left there? Well, with with Teddy out, you know, before the season, you would have said, you know, the starting offensive line would probably have been Teddy at left tackle, Turner at left guard, Ben Scott at center, Nori at right guard, and then Ben Hart at right tackle. Well, with Teddy out, it it kind of enhances that role for Ethan Piper, who was sent to Big Ten Media Days and is now getting the single single digit uh, recognition. So I just that was that was odd hearing that because you thought I would assume that Nori was going to be playing over him. So, but with Teddy out, it maybe it's you know um, a blessing in disguise for a guy like Ethan Piper. But, um, yeah, I, I, a lot of question marks on the offensive line. They're going to dictate how well this team plays this year. Um, everything obviously starts in the trenches, and they've got a lot of reps, a lot of experience on that offensive line. So hopefully switching from a air raid scheme under uh, Mark Whipple to a power run team on, in what Matt Rule wants to do, maybe this, this offensive line can get a different um, – I guess uh, a different way of, of being recognized because right now they're just recognized as kind of like the, the punching bag. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and, and some, one of the guy, a, a key component of the punching bag from previous years, some right, some wrong Ben Hart. Yes. Now 54, a, a big off season of Ben Hart was that of, of anyone, the strength and conditioning, they were going to come in and bring more bend to these offensive linemen. They're going to reshape their bodies. That was a big component of this first offseason of rule and we've seen that anyone that's seen video of ben hart he looks different now they still list him at about the same weight i wish i could change my weight and look better and still you know, be the same weight that way because ben hart if he's still 315 and that's what he was listed last year he at least has completely redone his body um connor how about with you here you know is there is there somebody let's go to the right column of this. is there somebody on the right column that you see playing a role being you know, working his way up into the top seven, being a swing player, someone that's going to get on the field, you know, in meaningful minutes. If I had to take a pick, I'm actually, I, I can't pick one of the two. Okay. But I'm either picking Knutson or Sam Sledge. Really? Okay. Those, Going tr- yeah. Right to the true freshman there. guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- those two guys look 
I mean, for where they're at, they look fairly well developed. Mm -hmm. I think that they can fit in. Um, I think they, with the depth that we have on the O-line, with the injuries we've seen over the last years, you talked about, you know, developing that, that bend, uh, creating a little bit more agile players. Um, while that's great, uh, this last year with rule, we've taken away the requirement for those players to wear knee braces, mm -hmm. uh, which again, lends to that agility, but does lend to maybe a little bit being more injury prone. Um, I see Knutson and Sledge kind of fitting into those roles pretty well in case that happens. Uh, but those two, I think, are probably the best fits, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they gave them the option, so they can still wear them if they want. But yeah, but the option—it's no longer required. It's, not, it's yeah. not required to your point there. Yeah, Gotchula, you know, Kyle Gotchula is a guy that's been here all off season too. Um, what about a guy like Tyler Knack? He didn't get here until post spring, yeah. but transfer guy from Utah. Obviously, Jacob Hood, another Georgia guy, six eight, three fifty. No one's questioning the size of these guys, uh, do, but. But we've heard plenty of questions about them. Do you, do you see anyone from that Hood Jenkins Knack group um, that uh, you see kind of getting in there and, and, and getting some meaningful snaps? Well, give me anybody that comes from Utah. <laughs> Utah, Utah understands. Utah gets it, man. They play some bully ball. So give me anybody that's kind of been rocking that. Um, but I mean, look, ultimately here at NBNR, the ultimate famous line from our man Jared is figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure, figure it out. It out. Like enough. <laughs> if if Matt Rule walks in here and he says, "Look, the offensive line is the number one key piece to success. The defensive line is the key piece to success. Figure it out. Win win the trenches." Dave, I'm going to give you the final word on this. I think it's pretty easy to say we know game one. We went down left to right. Left tackle is going to be Corcoran for this game. We know that left guard, mm -hmm. or left guard is going to be, I guess, Piper or is Turner, Newell. I think, right? Turner, well, Turner would oh, be, I guess, Turner would be left, tackle. left tackle. Yep. Piper would be left guard. Yep. Scott's at center. Yep. Newley's no. right guard. Ben Hart's right mm -hmm. tackle. But they also said that they think that, you know, Prohaska could be back as, as early as the second game. So Prohaska's back the second game. And let's just assume for a second he's starting left tackle. What do you think happens then? What does does Kerner does Corcoran take over one of the guard spots? Do we just have a swing tackle? I mean, what, what do you what do you think happens then? It's a good problem. Yeah, yeah, that'd be my presumption that uh, Turner slides in and probably Piper becomes your your sixth man. He rotates with Latovsky at seven. I mean, that makes the most sense. Now, I mean, I would also say they're probably going to try to ease Teddy back in as much as possible considering his, his injury history. Right. So if you don't think you need him against Colorado, I have no idea what uh, Colorado's defensive line looks like, but I do know their team pictures, they tend to run <laughs> on the small side. So maybe they don't need a six foot 10, 325 pound tackle against their five foot 11 ends. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe Corcoran stays at left tackle and, and yeah. And so maybe you let Teddy. And yeah. then if you can get through Colorado, then you can get through the, the next two non cons and you can have Teddy fully healthy, you know, by the time, time Michigan gets there. Right. You know, I mean, you might want to be able to just play that out a little bit. You know, so hey, uh, I do have a, a, a trivia question that Rob should get, but he, he might not. Who is the tallest person ever in the NFL? Because it just prompted me, like, that 6'10 sticks out, right? Ed, I mean, like 6'9. That's big, but 6'10. Ed Tutal Jones was 6'9. So Teddy Prosca taller than Ed Tutal Jones. I don't know. <laughs> There's, well, it has to be a Raider if you're asking Rob. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh um, my God. Now you're, of course you would do that. I was going to say, I, I mean, I met Lincoln Kennedy once in person and that guy had a hand so big. He could hold like <laughs> six softballs and he was tall, but I don't think he was six, nine or six, 10. Um, the, the oh, I know, I know who it is. I know who it is. He blocked a field goal against the block uh, against the Broncos to win, uh, to win the game for the Raiders. Um, it was, Oh, I hate you for this. Wait, what year was me. this from? It was in uh, probably like 2006 or 2007. No. No? no. Um, no? Okay. Nope. Uh, Richard Sly, oh. S-L-I-G-H, Dick Sly. Interesting. Was okay. a defensive yeah. tackle. For- <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking of a completely different guy. What was his name? God, now he, I can't uh, He played it. for the Raiders in the uh, Super Bowl. Um, so you can give him that. But uh, seven foot, only seven footer, uh, current Tallest player is uh, a uh, Dan Skipper, offensive lineman for the the pass. He's six ten, so very few six ten and above. So if Teddy would ever right. make the NFL, he'd be one of the tallest NFL players of all time. Boomer, I'll give you the uh, the final question. One last offensive question. What was the best one that came in? And uh, okay. we'll get to intermission. All right, we'll uh, make this kind of a rapid fire with everybody, giving a quick answer here. Uh, a lot of the questions and comments we posted while it was going, but uh, this one uh, to end the offensive segment from her Uh For Nebraska to have a successful 2023, the offense must blank. Do a little match game here. Oh, just let's just do one word: block. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> score. Take your time. I don't. Uh, yeah, score. I don't know, Jared. Not. Turn the ball over. That's more than one word. <laughs> I don't care. It, that just Car. needs to happen. My one word, adjust. Adjust? Ooh, Ooh. nice. Mike, Adju- go to the next one, Boomer. Oh, that was it. Yeah, that was probably the best one left. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you said one, so I won one. Right. No, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Hey, this has been great so far. Let's get, to, yeah. let's get to the intermission, and uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes, and we'll be talking defense. Perfect. It all started as an innocent, playful quip, but we saw it as an opportunity to get together and celebrate with fellow podcasters. So, we here at No Block No Rock decided to take action and get all of your Husker favorites under one roof. Because if there's one thing us podcasters all have in common, is we can't stop talking about all things Nebraska. Through the ups and downs and downs and downs of Nebraska football, all the agreements and disagreements, we could still say cheers. That's why Nebraska Brewing Company is proud to host the first ever Nebraska Podcast Award Show on Saturday, August 19th. Uh, We have a saying, no block, no rock. Go Big Red indeed. No block, no rock. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, Honky, and I'm with Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Care Chronicles. Always remember to throw the bomb. This is the After Hours Lounge. Rob Love, Jimmy Allen, Dan Campanin, live with you here on 1620. Good morning, everybody. Friday morning here on Coffee and Cream. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. Hello, and welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. And welcome back to WTL, everybody. I'm your host. Welcome to the Common Folk Podcast with Ben, Morgan, and Andy. Welcome back to episode 64 of Generation Red, and it's going to be a fun one. Hello, and welcome to the 2022 season of Wannabe Walk-Ons. 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Big Red and More podcast. I'm T-Bird, and with me, of course, is Sean and Jay. Uh, y'all back with West the Wire podcast. Man. Welcome to the Husker Army podcast. All right, welcome Ooh. back. Um, you know, we've got Connor, we've got Kyle, Mike. They're all out getting some more drinks for us. Dave, I saw you get up. Hopefully, you're refreshed and you've got yourself a drink now, too. Yeah, Boomer. Get get a few more uh, blueberries and Rob, you've got some more. Uh, uh, I got right going there. Now that was a great video there, Jared, oh, and uh, you know your guys, no block, no rock guys. What you guys have done to put this together? What we're going to do this weekend, Saturday night, uh, seven o'clock, yep. down here at Nebraska Brewing Company, Omaha, Nebraska. I mean, this is going to be the inaugural, the first ever. This is going to be awesome, dude. It's first of all that video, <laughs> and not just that video. I mean, that guy. Kyle Byers, he deserves. Oh my goodness! You, I, I know they're not clapping. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, he like he organized most of it. He made all the videos. He sent out like all the voting information. He sent and like he's he's taken on so much, and like I think his back is hurting a little bit. <laughs> he's gotten a lot of emails from people. Um, a lot from the people from the podcasts asking him questions. Um, I haven't answered any of them from other people, so I'm not fe- I'm not annoyed, but he might be a little bit. But no, seriously, I mean tonight we l- we would love to talk about the award show. The doors open at seven, but we encourage people to get there earlier five five thirty. Honestly, the main thing about this guys is we are shooting the shit. Okay, this isn't meant to be like our podcast is better. We got all the awards. Oh, go big red cast won five awards, especially the Kool-Aid. I'm not saying that's what you want. I'm just saying I'm just giving an example. Dave's gonna be so mad. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> but yeah, this is just meant to honestly connect with people, get all under one roof. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we talk about Nebraska football, of course, but to Form relationships. Listen, Matt Rule's our new head coach. What's he all about? Relationships. Yep. Right? At least that's what we've seen. Face-to-face conversations. That's yeah, right. Getting in front of each other. Yeah. And that's that's what we want to do. It's so easy for us to you – know, there's podcasts all around the world, and we're lucky to have Honky. He comes in person. We can talk with him. We can look in the eyes, and we can see emotion. We can see body language. With other podcasts, you know, they're probably on Zoom or something. No offense, guys, but it's just like it can be kind of difficult it's more to fun. connect with people. This this is the opportunity to connect with other Husker fans that want to talk shit or have hope. Well, and, yeah, and, it's fun to not be just disembodied voices and actually get together and mm-hmm. talk to each other. Like people enjoy listening to us, but it's more fun to talk to each other about all these opinions. I have so many wrong opinions every day. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Seriously. But well, I like sharing those, <laughs> and I like getting to talk to people in person. I like being corrected. I know that Rob and Dave missed the fact they're not going to be able to be there this weekend, and it's going to be a great show and everything. But Dave and Rob are going to be there in two weeks when we go to Minnesota, and that's going to be another one here. And I, I do have to put up the graphic for this. We'll, we'll have the little red casting live from Minneapolis. That will be up there. Uh, nice. We're going to be at – a lion club is that right lions pub lions pub in down 
<laughs> the Lions Club. Is that an Ethics Park hockey? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, doesn't that mean that local mountain somewhere every Tuesday morning at seven a.m. or something? Like that totally <laughs> sounded right. I it know. sounds reasonable. I, I, thinking, I like, think that's like a fish fry, and you know, we will, anyways, we will be recording the show from the Lions Pub. The Lions Club has great wings. Just don't go there on Tuesdays. <laughs> so the Lions Pub in downtown Minneapolis, a Husker Watch Bar. The game starts at seven o'clock. Any Husker fans are going to be down there from 12 to 3, which I think is a prime time. If you're oh, yeah. number one, we're going to be live streaming just like we are right now for three hours from 12 to 3. The, the No Block, No Rock and Go Big Redcast will be live streaming. We'll probably have some guests coming in and out during the course of those three hours. And it's a prime time to do this because this is a Fox uh, game that night. They're not going to, ESPN Game Day is not going to be showing this during the game, during the daytime. So you're sitting at work, you, you, you can't make it out to Minneapolis. Watch us from 12 to 3 and get three hours of that built in while you're sitting there at work getting paid. And then for us at 3 o'clock, we're done. So we can get back over to the stadium and start doing some tailgating and doing all that, too. So it's going to be a great uh, environment there. And we can get all that face to face. Well, yeah. and the best part and is, too, Rob, is you that da- da- yeah, Dave and I are going to be there at the same time. And, and the best part about that is that for all you people watching, thinking like, are Dave and Rob really like this in person? Like, do, do they really talk this much trash? We absolutely do. Like, this is how yeah. much crap Dave gives me on a, on a live. I've known Dave the longest out of anybody on the Red Cast. <laughs> and uh, this is absolutely how he treats me in real life as well. So it's not this is not an act. I just want to be clear. Like Dave, Dave, is, I love a, you, Rob. Dave is a that's terrible all. actor and he's not funny. So, I mean, that's, it's, yeah, I can, I can absolutely, not an act. I can vouch for that. This is not an act. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on. But again, again, this weekend, we got the podcast awards here at Nebraska Brewing Company, Saturday night, 7 PM. And we had that link that was up there uh, on the, on the screen. Uh, you just Google Nebraska podcast awards and you can, Kyle, any details? You just Google it and fill out a form, or, or yeah. So, I mean, the tickets are free. You just Google, literally Google it. That's what I told you when you were looking for the link. I said, just Google Nebraska yeah. Podcast Award Show, and it'll be the first thing that pops up. The first one ever. Ticket, yeah. Tickets are free, so just free. put your name in there, grab yourself a ticket, and yeah. show up on Saturday. You can you can find on the internet. So, yeah. all right, <laughs> let's let's move on to the defense, everyone here. So this is the second half. We went through the offense. This is going to be defense, and Boomer even gets his slide. We get special teams at the very end. Defensive line, roster, we got to start at the top here. Nash, Huttmacher, and everyone saw the uh, the polar bear ad from, I think, SOS. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was outstanding. That's what NIL is all about. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. But uh, uh, the, the Huttmacher, the, uh, the polar bear, 6'4", 330. Ty Robinson, a junior. Again, I think he's in his eighth year, but he's a junior. These COVID years are screwing everything up. 6'6", 310. Laquan Buckley, sophomore, 6'6", 295. That guy's put on some good weight here this offseason. Mm-hmm. We get Blaze Gunnerson moving to the D-line from being an outside linebacker. So 6'6", 265. Elijah Judy, 6'3", 280. I'll finish up the rest of this left column here. Kai Wallen, the, the sophomore, the junior college transfer, 6'5", 250. And then A.J. Rollins, tight end convert, uh, sophomore, 6'5", 245. Let's just hang out in that left side of the roster there. I'll start with Dave. When you see that left side there, what what are your thoughts? What jumps off the page as we are jumping to this three three five? Yeah, a couple of things. One, Nash and, and Ty, a lot, a lot of playing experience there, and I think you know, you know, some flashes of, of potential, especially with Nash Hutmacher. He can be more consistent on a play to play basis going forward. That's going to be a game changer. But I'd like to see. I mean, some of these young guys that we've been hearing about for so long, like Blaze Gunnerson or Raquan Buckley. 
if they flash, that's going to be a, a game changer, right? It's and, and it's just an, it's a lot of unknown because of the three three five and how these guys fit into that and and all that type of stuff, you know. So I, I, it's a you know I'll, I'll be I'll try to be optimistic here and, and think that these guys can can hold their own. Mm-hmm. Mike, I'll go to you here. Do yeah. You, do you have a well, give me your one deep, and then let's see if we can figure out the two deep after that. So, what? Who's your first three here? Um, I guess my first three would be Nash, Ty, and Blaze. I mm-hmm. think those are the guys that have been you've you've seen them in the media the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the guys that have the most reps. Even Blaze at the end of, end of the year last year, he got a lot of reps at the end of the year, and so I think experience is the most important thing when it comes to the trenches in the Big Ten. And those guys have it. It's just going to be as. Is Nash can be able to play more than three snaps? That's mm-hmm. one question I want to know. You're you're rocking a two a six four three thirty body. Can he play more snaps? Is the conditioning going to finally settle in for a guy like him? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty Robinson. Ty's Ty's a guy that is is a very dominant guy. But if if Nash doesn't hold his end of the deal or Blaze doesn't hold up his end of the deal, it's really easy to double Ty and you're and you're good. So we need we need we need Ty to step up. Those are my three guys though for the one deep there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great point you make about Nash being able to play multiple plays. That was the knock on Damian Daniels a yes. few years ago. Daniels was amazing for three plays at a time, but you, you couldn't count on him to be out there for a series. And when he was out there for a series, his senior year, the 2021 team, he was a difference maker yes. in a 3-4. Because really, this is not a traditional, this isn't nose tackle DNDN. This is kind of nose tackles Nash. Robinson's kind of like a five technique D tackle. And then you you're throwing out blaze Gunnarsson as, as a true D end hand mm-hmm. in the turf. But then really it's, it's the fourth man on the line. Isn't coming from this group. It's coming from that Jack or that, that outside linebacker who might be a Sherman or, or Butler, one of the guys that we're going to be talking about on the next slide. So it, it is, it's different. It, it's different from, you know, the 1990s that you had, you had a nose tackle D tackle and then you had two defensive ends. It's not like that. So trying to kind of get that, that right mix is Gunnarsson big enough. I, I've heard that was the one concern that they've had that one practice observer had Dave, you're shaking your head here is Gunnarsson yeah. even at six, 265. Is that, right. is that big enough? Is that, is that someone that uh, can handle uh, a big 10 season at the end? Yeah. I mean, you just, you just look at the numbers there. You're comparing, you know, if he's your one of your top three and you got Nash at three thirty and Robinson at three ten. Uh, what doesn't fit? It's Gunderson at two sixty five, right? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you got to be concerned a little bit about depth there. Uh, but again, I think the three three five is where it just it's a little confusing on how much depth you need here compared to to your other positions in the the next level. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to compare Blaze Gunderson to one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, but I will say Nick Bosa, who is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, mm-hmm. is only six four two sixty seven. So. I think if you're a guy who can get off blocks, you're a guy who can get off blocks. I don't think it really matters if you're carrying a 300-pound frame. It's just going to be, are you? do you have the ability to get off the guys that are grabbing you? If they're bigger than you, obviously those O-line are going to be bigger than, I'd hope, uh, 6'6", 265. But Any, you, anybody but Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Colorado, that's yeah. 230. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. They're lucky. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from, May, maybe from the run defense side. The question is, is Gunderson on the edge or is he inside, right? You know, I mean, how, how are you actually playing this 3-3-5? Three, three, yeah, that, and, that is a big question mark. And, you know, having if you have two big guys, if Huttmacher and Robinson are on the field and you have two 300-pound guys on the field, how the hell is that any different than the four-man fronts that we ran all those years where you had two 
300 pound guys mm-hmm. on the field and your dns were 260 yes you know yep. uh, alberts goes from an outside linebacker to a dn wins the butt kiss which I, i'll argue he never should have won the butt kiss he should have won the lombardi which grant wistrom won three years later playing the exact same position but but the point is he was a 240 pound dn and i know different times and all that but but even you know to your point with bosa and you're not seeing 300 pound defensive ends in a four three what you're seeing is two big guys in the middle you're seeing two DNs that are typically somewhere between 240 and 270, any kind of variation in between there. You're definitely seeing size and you're seeing length out of these guys. Mm-hmm. Gunnarsson at 6'6". And a lot of this, when you're when you're playing pass rush at least, the, the concerns that Dave has about ru- the run game and standing up against the run, that's legit. That's real. When you're yeah, playing yes. pass rush, having that length like a boxer in 6'6", like Gunnarsson is, you know that, that's a, that can play a role there. Um, Jared, let's talk about that second tier then. So we've Please. already gone through that. I mean, you're looking at, is there anybody from the right side of this line lineup that fits into the second tier? Into the second tier? Yeah, the, okay. the second three. I would say, like, right now, you hear a lot about Prince Will. Yep, Unmamalin. Um, mm-hmm. You also hear about Len Hart a lot. Um, when I When I look at games, when I look at conference games, I ask myself, which team has the best trenches, right? O-line, D-line, right? But I look at this room, and I look on the right side, and I'm like, you know what? Two years, I can see this being a strength of the Nebraska football team, and that is something that we have not been able to say for a long time. Development. And rules defenses are known for being like, get after you and being salty. And I think you see a few of these guys, and it's like, okay, at least from what we hear, mm. of course, haven't seen them play. But some of these guys on that list, and they're going to play this year, mm. that I just mentioned them. And I think in a year or two, this is going to be a room where you're like, I like this room a lot. Well, speaking of what we hear, I did a terrible job for the people that are listening to this show tomorrow. On the right side, it's Brody Tagaloya, the, the retro freshman who is out this season. Yep. Vincent Carroll Jackson, freshman 6'5", 270. Asua Lafutu. Uh, freshman 6'3", 300. Cameron L- Lenart, as uh, Jared mentioned, freshman 6'3", 250. And he's up about 15 pounds. Been here all offseason. Uh, Jason, oh, jeez, I'm just going to... Dis- Majayshock. Majayshock. I'm going to dis- destroy the next two one. But Majayshock, <laughs> freshman 6'2", 320 from, um, from South Dakota. And, you know, really, South Dakota kids, Dave and Rob and Mike or Boomer will, will remember this. When Nash Huttmacher first committed he was still like a junior in high school and i was calling him hash nutmacher i i just could not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> remember his name to save my life so it's something about south dakota guys princewell umana malin did i say that right that'll do it's that'll do, do. that'll do six four two forty and then the last do. one's riley van pop another guy six five two seventy five and that, i think he's one of the guys yeah that you guys are talking about that wait a couple years but i really think that when we talk about that second tier Elijah Judy, the, the A&M transfer, uh, he actually went the opposite direction. Instead of being gaining weight, he was 300 pounds. He's down to 280. And I know you guys have had Damon Benning on this offseason. We had, we talked with him last year. And there's one thing about that about Lyman getting so big and not being mobile enough. And this is what we're hoping we see out of Nash is that I want to see Nash be a guy that can get into the backfield and not just take up blockers, but actually beat a blocker, get in the backfield, make a play in the backfield. And, uh, and I think Judy is a guy that, uh, you know, he's down to a, a weight of 280. And then I'm very interested to see Rollins. I just, I think Rollins, and, and Buckley's mm. the other guy. Buckley, Ruquan Buckley, up at 295 in his third year here. 
that's kind of the three guys I, I think that you're going to see Rollins, Judy, and Buckley really fit into that third tier. If one of those freshmen, if Lenart or if Umano Malin does, they had good good spring games. If they do, that's that's gravy. If they can work their way into a second tier, but I I feel good that we have about six guys, a two deep, that doesn't even reach into the freshmen. Yeah, and ideally, you truly you don't want true freshmen playing on the lines if you can if you can help it. Yeah, yeah. But I think just I think rule. You know, he recruited those guys, and I think he really believes in them. Um, but yeah, I I I just wish we. Have, I wish we would have heard Elijah Judy's name a little more. Like, I feel like we haven't heard anything about him yet. You know, he's from AM. It's like, okay, maybe there's something there, right? Every time a player comes from a big name school, yeah. it's like, oh, maybe Kane Williams is coming from Ohio State. Yeah. Oh, but AJ Rollins, I mean, looked good in the spring game, of course. Well, and, and that's, tri- where, that's yeah. where Judy looked a little good. You know, he looked good in the, in the spring game. The, I think the big thing, I don't care what position group we're talking about right now. What we're talking about are guys that have been here since at least January. It, when Rule says he wants a developmental program in 2023, what that looks like to me at least is not starting the guy that just transferred here from Texas Tech, like like Devin oh, Drew, yeah. Drew, that gets here right about now, right August, right. Or you know, uh, Stephen Wynn, who gets here from Alabama and he gets here from the big school, but he gets here in June. Right. Or or even Mathis last year, Oshan gets here in June or July and, oh, he's going to be our stud. He hasn't even practiced, you know, at yeah. least with Judy, at least with these guys, we're talking about guys that we've seen play in Memorial stadium in front of 50, 60,000 people. And, and uh, that's it. That's a good place to start from. And just real quick, this is rules first year. And I think he's going to want to have the tendency to play younger guys. I think he's going to just have that, that want to, to kind of just throw his guys out there and, Look, it's year one. Let's go. Well, Jared, I mean, in every literally every press conference, Rob, he has mentioned. (laughs) He knows. He knows. He has mentioned that like his defense, he wants that to be like a hockey shift, like rotating guys in and out, in and out, in and out. He wants like three different groups to be able to just all game long, just having guys rotating and coming in that are fresh and you know ready to go the whole game, right? So. You're going to have to imagine that some of these guys are going to have to step up, at least some of the freshmen, in order to kind of to go with that like hockey shift mentality. I think that's that's great. Well, let's. In my on. defense, I've always had to study for the test, so you guys go ahead and like make. Yeah. Fun of <laughs> that's, but, that's, you know, that's, that's just me studying for the test. That's all, because uh, that way, otherwise, Dave will just yell at me. So and, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to linebackers. And as we talked about a little bit earlier, some of these guys may even factor into the D-line as well. So, I mean, really, when you look at the first slide in this one, it's the front seven. There's going to be times where we're in a four-man front and four-three. There's going to be times where we're in a three-three. I mean, who? it's going to be versatile, but these guys are going to move around. And as we look at the left side of this, Luke Reimer, who uh, today was just uh, – was it the Buckus Award uh, preseason? One, one of – I think it was like 80 finalists. But hey, it's something. So he's yeah. hey, better than ninety. Right. So you're saying yeah. there's a chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, John Bullock, we got to add him. So this is our same list of our roster that we had in our spring one, and I was updating it. And Bullock is someone to update because he wasn't on scholarship back in yep. spring. So John Bullock, uh, Omaha kid here, junior, six foot two twenty. Uh, Nick Henrich, junior, six three two thirty five. M J Sherman, who had an outstanding spring game, junior, six three two fifty. Definitely. 
I think brings a different body type and different size there to it. Snodgrass, Garrett Snodgrass. We've had his dad on a couple times on the Redcast. Junior 6'3", 230. Javen Wright, Junior 6'2", 215. That's the left side of this. Let's stick with this side of the column here. I'll start with you, Jared. Um, anyone jump off yes. the page right away? Oh, Go for it. Go listen, for it. I, I, I like me some Luke Reimer. And that's mm-hmm. not just because he's named the finalist for the Lombardi or whatever. I think with the type of defense that they want to run with a three three five with guys mm-hmm. that are fast, Luke Reimer can run. He's he's proven it. I think he's proven it. Um, he's he's a guy that I'm looking forward to to watching. Like, is he gonna come off the edge and lay the wood on somebody? Is he gonna be a versatile kind of one end of the field to the other kind of guy? I think he has that kind of speed. Um, I think, I mean, look, MJ Sherman, I mean, the dude's a walking sound bite. Right? Yeah. He said so many things, so many TikToks I've made with that guy, just saying something cool, and then I get a thousand likes on it. Thanks, MJ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Nick Henrich, look, um, he's going to get a kind of a bad rap because he's not as fast. He's had his injuries. I respect the grind and the hustle that he's put in. I, I would love to see him succeed. He's a hometown guy. I I need me some Luke Reimer though to to step up and and play big in this three three five. Connor, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who's the leader of this group? Okay, so again, I'm I'm going to parrot Jared a little bit. Um, I think Luke Reimer is the easy answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks that if there's one, like I mentioned earlier, we we talk about dogs. Mm-hmm. If there's one oh, dog I see in that group. That's MJ Sherman. Mm-hmm. Literally uh, a Georgia Bulldog. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> oh, actually, corn he's, dog. he's in Nebraska corn. He's a corn dog. He's a corn dog now, baby. Corn dog. But yeah, no, I see uh, MJ per- or MJ Sherman's personality, uh, just how he is on and off the field. I, I see him as a real leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to rock with him. Mm-hmm. Kyle, what role, what is Henrich's role then? Out of this bunch, if he's not the no, he's man. not the leader, if he's not the the stud, I mean, what's because you know he's going to play a lot. I mean, he's a starter. What's Henrich bring to this room? I mean, like when I think of Reimer and Henrich, I think of like the the this is you guys are going to kill me. I think of like Iowa's linebackers. Oh, shut your mouth! I, Listen, I, I, hey, they develop players. They develop and they and they go to the pros. Hey, yeah, remember, remember that time we beat Iowa? Uh, 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 there it is. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think of like, I think of Reimer and Henrich as being like the duo that I mean that we've known over the last couple years. Um, MJ Sherman, though, like what you were saying, I mean, the dog of the defense, or at least the linebacker group. It, I think it's just going to be something where Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich are kind of like your go-to duo, and then. MJ Sherman is just going to be out there just wreaking havoc. Everywhere. That's, that, yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Middle, I, I, outside, inside. Yes. In yeah. the backfield, everywhere. Yes. yes. Right. Kind of what we thought that Oshan would be on, on day one. That's what I'm hoping that mm-hmm. we really see out of out of Sherman. We didn't see it out of Oshan until uh Bush became the coordinator. Yeah. Yes. And that's where you actually start for the first three games. This is where I've said this for the for the game against Minnesota. Don't overthink Minnesota. Just I mean Take take on blocks, tackle well. You're gonna you're gonna if you do those things on defense. As long as you're not just getting blown off the ball, giving up eight yards a carry. As long as you're not doing that, we we can beat Minnesota playing good solid defense. When we brought in O'Shawn Mathis, the number one guy in the, in the transfer portal, and it took until about game five 
to see him playing in the backfield because we were dropping, you know, it was like, oh, the number one NIL guy just he's playing zone for four games. Like, right. What Stupid. are we doing? And I'm hoping Sherman is a just a guy that's going to cause havoc. And we've heard too much on the offensive side. I'll be crestfallen. I'll use that word. I'll be crestfallen if we if we line up in fives and, and just throw the ball all around. Yeah. Well, on defense, I'll be crestfallen if we don't attack. Because yeah. we've heard that all offseason. It would be it would be awful if we didn't. Now, as we look at the right side of this list here, now we've got another guy here, another transfer, Florida, SEC guy. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Boomer. <laughs> Chief Border, sophomore, 6'4", 245. Uh, Jamari Butler, sophomore, 6'4", uh, 245. Uh, Micaiah Gabor, uh, sophomore, 6'2", 230. Randolph Kapai, the sophomore, another South Dakota kid, 6'2", 210. Kane Williams, came here as a defensive hey, back. Hey, there he is. Moving up to a, a linebacker, <laughs> maybe bring some speed to that room. Sophomore, 6'2", 215. Gage Stinger here from uh, Omaha area. Millard South. Redshirt freshman, 16, 190. Maverick Noonan, too bad that we had the injury with him. I always hate to see that. Um, and then Dylan Rogers, freshman, 6'3, 235. Uh, Mike, I'll go to you here. Is there any we know Borders and Butler? I think those guys are gonna have roles, you know, playing outside and everything and and you know, being rushers. Is there any of the real young guys I just mentioned? There's someone that you think is gonna step up, play, you know, play quite a bit this year. I don't know. I mean, like I was Kind of feeling a little bit of Maverick Noonan. Like, mm-hmm. I think being the legacy guy, I think he could have maybe cracked in the special teams role of some sort, but without him there, I don't I – mean, honestly, I really don't see anybody I, – I don't think these guys should have to play much. Once yeah. you go past the Chief Borders and Jamari Butler range there, you kind of hope you don't see those guys yet. That's So good. that's probably – that's the best way I'm going to describe those guys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Dave, do you feel pretty good overall with the depth there? Yeah, no, I mean, you're hitting all the right spots, guys. I mean, I think when you look at this this uh, page in combination with the D-line, it, it, it tells a little different picture, right? Because that, to your point about MJ Sherman, you throw Chief Borders and, and Butler in that same mix. 6'4", 245, 250, those are big guys that, that could definitely be standing up at the line of scrimmage, right? So how they're deployed is critical here, but – I think it 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 gives your front seven a, a a look that has a lot more depth than if you look at these individually, right? Um, yeah, I mean, besides that, I, I think you know you, you're right. You probably don't want to see. It, it feels like Randolph Kapai has been here forever. To your point about the COVID year, doesn't that feel like Randolph Kapai has been here for four years already? He's only a sophomore. It's good grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I'm telling you, man, the COVID year has just screwed up. Listen, words don't mean anything. <laughs> the NSA doesn't mean anything. Waivers don't mean anything. Nothing means anything. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> Just say. All right. Just win. Just win. That's it. Let's move on to the, the final defensive group here. Defense backs. Uh, we look at the left side here. Omar Brown, senior, 6'1", 200. Quentin Newsom, senior, 6'1", 185. Marcus Buford, junior, 5'11", 190. Isaac Gifford, one of the single-digit players. Uh, junior, 6'1", 205. Tommy Hill, uh, maybe having a little bit of resurgence. Six, a junior, six foot, one ninety-five. Uh, Javier Martin, uh, junior, six two, one ninety-five, and then Deshaun Singleton, junior, six three, two hundred five. Rob, we haven't talked with you in a little while. Uh, you know, I guess when you look at the left side of that column there, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, give me your give me your top four out of that. I mean, that's not fair though, because I mean, obviously, Quentin Newsom and Omar Brown. It's being the seniors; those are the guys with the experience, and they're going to get out there on the field right away. Um, the one guy that I'm really interested to see is Tommy Hill 
it seems like there's a lot of chatter about him out there that that he seems to be kind of coming into his own right now. I've heard multiple people talk about it. You see people on Twitter talking about it, um, you know, and, and I think outside of that, I, I think there's going to be a lot of rotation in this unit. And I think that um, it'll be interesting because this is the one unit for me that's going to have to step up a little bit this year, just because to give the defensive line guys a little bit more time by covering some of those receivers on those pass plays. So It'll be interesting for me, I think. Um, obviously, Malcolm Hartzog, you know, that guy's a ball hawk. He's probably going to be like the next – he'll be an NFL guy, I think, in the long run. He might be like a special teams NFL guy to start, but that guy just plays with heart and head. And, you know, he's not the biggest dude, but he's out there playing harder than anybody else, and that's the kind of people that, you know, make it like within college football and then beyond. So, Yeah. Well, you mentioned – uh, Malcolm Hartzog. So you got to the right side of the, the, uh, I did. I'm sorry. I, I just, but I see him playing a lot. So no, I asked, I asked you kind of the starters. I think you, yeah. I think you jumped to a good spot there, Mike. I'll ask you this after we go through the right side here, Kobe Brett, sophomore, six, two, two, 15, Corey Collier, another sec transfer, Florida guy, sophomore, six, one, one ninety. Malcolm Hartzog, uh, Rob, you talked about him. Taman Lynham. Uh, sophomore, 6'2", 185, DeAndre Barnes. Now we're getting into the freshmen, 6 feet, 175. Dwight Boodle, the second, freshman, 5'10", 170. Eric Fields, who came here, I think he was the linebacker that came here and has moved back to defensive back. Yep. Uh, and they really like him there, 6'1", 195. Ethan Nation, unbe- I mean, if nothing else, he makes the name team. Yeah. Uh, freshman, 5'10", 160. Sincere Safi Ula, uh, freshman, 6'2", 175. Ramir Stewart, freshman, 5'11", 200. Mike, you see that right side there. What jumps off the, the page for you there? Who do you think is going to be the, the big contributors in addition to Malcolm Hartzog? Um, I think, I mean, it's a no-brainer. They, the guys that they've, the two name, or two main guys you've named um, in the offseason here would be Eric Fields, a guy that's just uh, a ball hawk, uh, got a motor that doesn't quit. And then Ethan Nation's a guy that's been turning heads in mm-hmm. camp. A, a true freshman who's come in, and he's, it seems like he's showing showing himself and, and holding his own. So, I would say, like, if, if I had to choose two of those guys, it sounds like Corey Collier, um, the transfer from Florida, is not caught up yet. I like, I was a little confused about that. Oh, I felt like a, that he'd be a good guy as a as a rotational guy, but uh, apparently he's he's still learning. We'll say. Um, so yeah, to me, I think the two guys that I like on the right side would be like Eric Fields, who is going to probably play that rover position. I would think mm-hmm. they're going to move them all around. Um, from linebacker to um, defensive back, and then um, Ethan Nation, who's been turning heads in camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, Isaac Gifford. I mean, that, he, there were four guys last week that were given the, the single-digit number, two guys on defense. One of them was Reimer, and the other one really haven't talked much about, Gifford. What does he bring to this defensive backfield? Yeah, so Gifford, I mean, he doesn't come from bad tutelage, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Luke Gifford is a dog. And Isaac Gifford is a dog, right? So Isaac Gifford, I honestly, I think like he would be one of those guys that you toss in there as one of those rovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you look at it, I mean, Omar Brown, Newsom, Marquise Buford, and Tommy Hill. They've been talking about Tommy Hill forever, uh, at least this offseason. They keep bringing him up, bringing him up, and he's somebody that just kind of keeps turning heads like Mike says. Uh, but Isaac Gifford, I think if you just kind of let him loose, I think you start moving him around a little bit. I'm sure he understands everything that's going on in the defense. I feel like he's kind of one of those playbook kind of guys. So you kind of 
place him where you think might might fit for a certain scheme that you're facing, and I think he'll do a really w- good job. Well, isn't yeah. that kind of consistent with on the offensive side? We started this conversation by talking about guys like Harburg, who maybe could play multiple spots, Bonner, who can line up as a tight end and fullback, and guys that can play in different positions. But what have we talked about on defense? Here you've got a guy like MJ Sherman that might be, you know, one play dropping back in coverage, but the next play he's he could have his hand in the turf and be a D end. Mm-hmm. Isaac Gifford, I see exactly like that. I mean, is he in your is he in your second three or is he in your five of the three three five? Right. You know, yeah. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with that guy, and he's played different spots already. We've seen guys that have just moved around anyways. Uh, uh, Eric Fields starting as a as a linebacker, moving to DB, and uh, I think it was was it Rogers or we had or can't remember now. I'd have to go back one. Mm-hmm. Who was our guy that started as a Kane oh, Kane Williams. There you go. Hey, thanks, Dave. You had a guy yeah. that started as a DB and moved up to, to linebacker. So, you know, you're seeing that movement. That's very consistent with day one of rule coming here where he's like, I like moving guys all around, especially in year one. Yeah, we're seeing it. What, when rule was talking about Luke Gifford, the thing that I noticed was when he was talking about him, he was Isaac, going through his – Isaac. Oh, I'm sorry. Luke. <laughs> so many Giffords. Love where your head's at, though. <laughs> um, the thing that caught my eye was – he was going over his measurables, how fast he is, whatever. He goes, Ooh. and that that gave it away right there. Yeah, <laughs> like he just did like a little. Oh man, Ooh, that guy. And I'm like, okay, but I mean, you you saw Gifford last year. Like he was around the ball, he was making plays, nothing too flashy, but he he looked athletic out there. And then you see Matt Rule go, Ooh, that guy. Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this. I, I like him. Yeah. I like Isaac. I really think you're going to see him in multiple spots this year. I, I can tell Jared was passionate because but, even while he's recounting what he saw, his hands immediately went to the hips. Yeah. Like, he was just you're so like excited. He's like, oh, oh, would you look at oh, Yeah. <laughs> would you like that? I could tell you were excited. Uh, I just, let, I, I just, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't bring up Frank Gifford though. Cause I mean that, I, I don't think <laughs> yeah. it's, been a, it's been a while. I'm, is that, is, is that too far back for you guys? I know you guys are kind of, that's a, yeah, that would that's be, too, that's too far back for everyone, Rob. Yeah. yeah we, uh, Rob is the know, oldest we, person on this pod. We're going to start, we're going to start, uh, we're going to start watching some old eighties television and game shows. And Frank I, I, I know we're running really long, but I am just literally curious. Who do you think is the, the starting, I guess in a three, three, five, I, if, if we presume there's five starters here, um, who, who you name as starters? I know um, Buford's still dinged up, right? So I don't think he's yeah, eligible probably. Buford, you know. I, I mean, Newsom's a, a no-brainer. And right. I think Tommy Hill's going to be the other corner. I think you'll see Hartsog and maybe Omar Brown being safeties. And then you've got Gifford in at a uh, like at the rover position. That, yeah. That's my guess. On yeah, day so Brown one. would be your other safety. That, that's been my yeah. question. Okay, that's that's my guess. I don't know anyone watching. Feel free to to throw out your starting secondary too. Yeah, no more Brown's another guy where you kind of hear rumblings about him. Not too much, but mm-hmm. he's one of the seniors on that team. I mean, th- you guys, this overall team is so young. I mean, look at the right side. I mean, you got Hartzog over there on the right side, and he's probably the best player on at least at that position. Mm-hmm. Right? This team is so young. Hopefully Omar Brown can step up as as that senior, even though we haven't seen much of him. But hopefully he can be that experienced guy. Well, thank you guys so much for how long this has been going. I love this. This has been a blast. Let's move on to the last group, and this is where we all got to take a step back. Every one of us do. This this has got to be Boomer. We haven't asked much of Boomer. He's our special teams coordinator. 
And I've got four guys listed here on scholarship. We have Marco Ortiz, a Florida transfer, senior, deep snapper. Timmy Bleakroad, the junior kicker. Brian Bushimi, the, the junior punter returning. And then Tristan Alvano, the phenom from Omaha West Side, freshman kicker. Uh, Boomer, just you know, walk us through special teams and walk us also through the importance of special teams. I, for anyone new to, uh, to, to listen, to it. well, I'm sure all of our regular listeners are here, but uh, and, and they know we flogged that necrotic equine many times when it comes to the importance of special teams. <laughs> um, you, you've got the starters listed there. You know, Bashini's obviously going to be punting. Uh, Mortise is the deep snapper. The competition is supposedly still open for that uh, kicker position though between Bleak Road and Alvano. Uh, I will be curious to see how that ends up. You know, like you said, Alvano is kind of the the local kid, the phenom. And, you know, there might be a lot of, I won't say pressure to start him, but I think people would love to see him start as kicker if that was possible. But, you know, they said they're going to go with uh, the best kicker they've got. And as well, you should, you know, shouldn't cave that kind of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, but I do like what, you know, this coaching staff has said about special teams. I mean, it was what, last week when, Rule was talking about it that special teams shouldn't be a consolation prize. And that was it a press Yeah. He's excited to see that players want to play on special teams. You know, he says good teams, you know, their starters play on special teams. We covered that years ago when we talked about uh, Urban Meyer when he talked about the importance of special teams. It's not something that's just a throwaway that you just stuff people or you don't know where else to put them. You know, Rule's excited to see players fighting to be on special teams like Isaac Gifford. You know, he said he's been itching to get on as many special teams as he can. You know, you like to see that out of guys, your starters and shows leadership. And so that's great to see. And it's also great to see a lot of the younger guys that are really trying to get on, you know, as well. You know, I, there's names like, yeah, I think real brought up uh, what Hausman, you know, has been really trying to get on it or Phelan Sanford, you know, has routinely been one of the big guys. They all want to be mm-hmm. special teams players because that's a chance for guys that may not be able to get right on in the field, but here's where they can really step up, show their go-getters and wanting to, fight for these key spots on the team and show what they can do. So if they are serious about it being important, and I think anyone who's lived through the last decade or so in Nebraska football <laughs> knows special teams is important and it needs to be, we'll see how serious they treat it pretty quick. And I, I'm kind of curious to see what, where the return game is going. It sounds like mm-hmm. Kemp or even, you know, Garcia Castaneda might be, you know, your leaders for returns. So I'll be curious to see if that's, if that's where they go with that as well, especially with, uh, you know, losing bets in the wide receiver room, are we going to have them out? You know, special teams all the time, too. Eh, that could change a little bit, but we'll see if they're concerned about entries on that front. Yeah, no, that's – I mean, that's so true, Boomer. When you look at the last six, seven seasons and the, all the close losses and all that, when you think of blocked punts and punting to the wrong side of the field and onside kicks at, at weird times and just, just bad special teams play, I mean – we don't have to be great, but let's not catch the ball a punt in the first game of the season against Minnesota. Let's not catch it at the two yard line and throw it over our head. You know, let's, let's do the basics of special teams. Well, and, uh, and I think we've got, again, I'll go back to the talent word. We've got some, some kicking talent there. Am I smoking something or did, did anyone else see Bushini? Was he doing any kickoffs? He did. He, he said, is, yeah, yeah. The doing some kickoffs. For kickoff, yeah. so even there, I mean, they're talk about, Talk about guys playing multiple positions. There's your punter, at least in the competition for the kickoff game. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, turn every stone over. If you're Ed Foley, turn every stone over and and let's let's put the best foot forward in special teams and not get beat by every damn team that we that we play, you know, in that component of the game. Best foot yeah. forward. Yeah. I mean I like it. Yeah. I coined it. I mean, <laughs> when you when you listen to to Brian Bushini, he talks a lot about wanting to go pro and what it takes to go pro. And he says, you know what, like if 
to add to my resume and to add to like my toolbox, if I have to do kickoffs, I will do that. Like Mm -hmm. I want to go to the pros. And so you want guys on your team just in general. We've talked about all the positions, right? All those guys on those positions should be thinking, I need to be a pro right now. I need to think about how I'm going to make it to the next level because that's only going to help the team moving forward here in college. And so Brian Buscini talking about, hey, I need to add to my toolbox so I can make it to the NFL and kick in the NFL. I'm all about it. Brian Buscini is a pro right now. You know what you call that? Mm. It's a grinder. It's a grinder. 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 (laughs) Can you you put that one back up there, her dizzle? What was that one? Uh, I'd be happy with every game being a draw on special teams. (laughs) Same. (laughs) What's our record the last five years if we were just a draw on special teams? We probably would have a few more wins. Usually when people talk about special teams, it's the thing that you don't remember the most, right? Right. There you go. So as long as it's a a neutral, it's... be an improvement yeah. over the past couple, however many years. We're not going to onside up two scores. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a that's a good move. Flog yeah, many an equine on. Well, they never expect us to do it again, so you might catch them off guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Trojan horse. <laughs> well, I, we asked last week. We said, "Will Matt Rule's first kickoff this year be an onside kick?" Embrace the chaos. Yeah. Let's <laughs> go. Is, is that like doing the fullback dive on the, yeah. on the first play of the yeah, well, game? Yeah, will it be to, to honor the the previous guy? Let's go. If that, if that happens, I'm walking back to Colorado that moment in the game. I'm leaving <laughs> and just walking back to Colorado. I'm not even going to stay. Good old former head coach, Scott. I don't know if you guys can hear that on your side. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can. Okay, perfect. Perfect. We love that. Well, fellas, minute or an hour 50 in this. I love, I love you guys, man. This is... Without really much more than a two-minute intermission, we just went for two hours. I love you guys. Um, we always end on our show with a parting shot, but we started with with our thing. So what? how do you guys end your show? Let's end with your ending, and then we'll finish with the parting shot that we do. What do you do? We usually just plug Watch ourselves. We, plug we, the we beg. We, okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll plug you. Yeah, <laughs> But we beg people. Follow us, please. We need you. We need all your your Spotify ratings and all your Apple Podcast ratings. Follow us at NBNR Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Threads. What? <laughs> what else? Threads. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. X. Yeah. yeah. X. Thank you. X. Yeah. Um, thing. And then, of course, we we ask that if you want to plug yourself or what's up. One more thing. As we go through, I I know we've mentioned this like five times already tonight. The first Nebraska Podcast Awards are this coming Saturday. It's free. Brewing Company. It's it's how much? Fucking zero. (laughs) Zero. It's zero. That's my first. That's my first in three weeks. YouTube language. YouTube will allow it. They'll they'll be okay with that. Yeah. Show up. Come drink some beer with us. Get to see all of your favorite podcasters from around the state or out of state. Uh, you will you'll you'll get to see these guys. It sounds like uh, maybe not in person, but you'll get to see them. Um, hopefully, you'll get to see Rob like just pour a pitcher of Kool-Aid on himself. Like um, if you're gonna if you're gonna win, I gotta see like <laughs> red. I gotta see you just Gatorade bath. Uh, so okay, first of all, I'd have to like um, line some rooms in my house with 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 uh some plastic or something hey, to do that. Not, i mean i now i only yeah, usually yeah. do that i only usually do that with my kill rooms okay so we'll just have yeah. to do it like, <laughs> but but the um i i've already said this and i'll say it again if we beat when we beat minnesota 
I'm mm. actually bringing body paint and I will remake that Kool-Aid video that I always post on Twitter where the guy pours, like opens the shower curtain and pours the Kool-Aid himself. I am planning on remaking that the night after the Minnesota game. Does Vegas um, Jared know yeah. that you're going to do that in his house? I don't know. If she might not want to say he, that he might be listening. And so I'm sure that, you know, Vegas Jared is very accommodating. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So maybe <laughs> we'll figure out a way to make it happen. So Maybe he has a kill room. Uh, (laughs) i mean he did invite all of us out there to stay at his house and he's never met any of us in person so um, he might have a kill room and and at least we'll get to play tpc minnesota before he kills us so very true well actually one other question logistics question for the show this weekend yeah if you can't make it to omaha if you're out of state is there a way to watch this live is there anything like that yeah 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 so we'll be streaming on our twitter youtube and facebook it's all through Streamyard. so seven o'clock sharp the show starts and you can find it on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at NBNR podcast. Yeah, we, we will gladly it. retweet, repost anything yes. we can for that too. So yeah. that that's outstanding. And I hope every podcast that's involved generation red right there. I see it. Generate. Ken and Scott, uh, everyone that's involved with this, retweet those things, repost them. Uh, NBNR deserves all the credit for putting this thing together. So, so retweet the heck out of them, follow them uh, because this was a, uh, it's a lot of work. I know what you guys have done to put this together, but I, I'm so glad you did. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Dave, it's parting shot time. Take us away. Parting shots. You, you think the no block, no rock guys are ready for parting shots this time? I can go around the room. I, well, I hope they're more ready than they were for the hot take. So, All right, let's start with Connor. What do you got for me, man? Oh, I think we should start with Mike. I know he's going to start with me again. Anything you want. Okay, well, that was what you said. You said, let's just start with Mike. So (laughs) I'll go next. Uh, Make sure you guys go follow the Go Big Redcast. Uh, Anybody that's following and listening to us at the MBNR podcast side. Uh, It's been a great collaboration, and we are going to do it again in Minnesota. Love it. Excellent. Kyle. Uh, I'm just going to say. The only topping that should go on a hot dog is ketchup. Yes. Okay. <laughs> dude, I rock with that so hard. Oh, I love it. I rock the glizzy that. gobbler. That's right. right. Here. Glizzy gobbler. Kids. Okay. Right, the only Jerry. the only topping that goes on a hot dog is in mustard. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. It's mustard, and not just mustard, but the like spicy mustard that burns your mouth. Yeah. Well, you're weird. So anyway, <laughs> it's fine. Jared. I mean, that was kind of it. Yeah, that, that was Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my list is totally off, guys. How about, how about Connor again? Let's go back to Connor. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're a betting man, um, I noticed that the, I'm going back to the Colts. I noticed Who that cares? they're over under is at Colts. six and a half wins this season. Hammer the overs. Oh, Pay your God. mortgage. Lucky, <laughs> <laughs> well, am I missing I anyone there? Is everyone, we're good? Honky, I don't have you got yours. Honky, you why don't we do honky? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't really even have one tonight, other than this has been a blast. Uh, I we've been doing some crossover shows over the years with different shows from day one. Husker Pod, we did one with them back in 2018, and that wasn't something happening back then. And doing crossovers, you know, that community that you do, I think it's important, and it's been so much fun to do that with you guys. By the way, I said it the, the last time I came here. You guys also have a pretty good setup. When you're at a brewery drinking beer and, and eating pizza beforehand, I'll do that anytime. Oh, but yeah. but I, I I like to think that the Redcast played a role in some of that crossover stuff at an early age. Oh, yeah. And I love what you guys have done 
today in today's age with this thing this 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 weekend I don't want to underplay it. It's a huge deal to bring everybody together. It's not some big serious event. There's no fights afterwards about who wins what or doesn't win what. It's just about getting people together that love talking Husker football to talk football with each other. And and for that, I I just, you know, like I said earlier, I love you guys. This has been a blast. Yeah, love you too, man. Well, my parting shot was going to be Damon Hunk. I love you. <laughs> God, I love you. You guys might. Not That's know. how I end every phone call no. with him. <laughs> <laughs> you guys might not see it, but Honky's got a little tear in his eye right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He gets emotional these days. I tell you, he's just. A I do. Wreck. Uh, Boomer, you got anything for me, man? Uh, first thing, just for any of uh, Iowa or Iowa State players that are listening, don't take any of the gambling advice that you've heard here to heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or do it. <laughs> or, or do it. either way. I'm not going to here for basketball. Please don't. <laughs> and then uh, just a reminder, 21 games down, 12 remaining in the season, and your St. Kilda Saints are still clinging to sixth place in the AFL ladder, so we could make that uh, the final eight. Just keep it up. Key stretch coming up here. So enjoy right. your late night AFL, as I know all good Redcasters do. Australian yeah, yeah. football guys. <laughs> wow. The Hawthorne Hawks looked good last weekend, Boomer. I was quite pleased with them. Yeah, they did, actually. They're, yeah. They're young. Uh, Rob, get us out of here. All right. Well, first off, for any of you Redcasters that are listening tonight, make sure that you follow and listen to the No Block, No Rock podcast because, quite frankly, they are the second best fan podcast out there um, <laughs> in the Herdat family. <laughs> Take it. Um, and uh, secondly, um, this weekend, um, some friends of mine, uh, the the charity or the nonprofit Fly Like Chai will be the featured um, nonprofit at the Lincoln Airport movie night this Friday night. So if you're in the Lincoln area, uh, they'll be showing the movie Maverick and they're going to be raffling off an autograph, an autograph mini helmet with Malachi's signature on there. And if you don't know, Fly Like Chai is Malachi's nonprofit that raises money so that they can... Um, basically put kids who are going through the foster care system who don't normally have the opportunities to participate in sports and athletics and things like that. Uh, they are paying their way for all of those sports uh, to join those teams in the, in Nebraska themselves. And uh, so it's, it's an awesome thing. And I believe the Malachi is also using in his NIL money to do the same thing. So a great uh, nonprofit out there, good friends of mine. And so I just felt like I needed to promote that. Awesome. Awesome. Rob. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Good stuff, guys. Really great show. It was two hours, and I think we filled every last second of it. For now, let's call that a no block, no rock, and a go big red cast all in one. Yep. GBR. 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 Heard at Sports Network Production.